Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to episode 48 of Little Cabinets, presenting the new Mrs. Radio. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a knitter, crafter, mental health therapist, and explorer of my home state of Alaska. Now, Little Cabinets is usually a bi-weekly podcast. However, you know, lots of life happenings up here in Alaska and, you know, in the Mr. and Mrs. Radio's life. And so right now it hasn't been, but we're getting back on track, my friends. And we're all about knitting, mental health, advocacy, and life happenings here in the wilds of Alaska with a little bit of Huga sprinkled throughout. This week's episode contains administration, spotlight, raise a cuppa, on the shelf, on the couch, the special segment where Mr. and Mrs. Radio talk about our honeymoon. Well, wait, first we talk about our wedding and then we talk about our honeymoon. Rounding everything out with Contemplation Corner. So my friends, sit back with a nice cuppa of your choice, what maybe a knitting or crafting project also of your choice, or maybe go for a nice brisk walk. It's very brisk up here in Alaska, which is a sharp change from what I was used to on the honeymoon, but that's okay. And let's get down to talking about knitting. Administration. So, my friends, you can find me as Anders Mill Knits on Instagram and Ravelry. You can also find me as Between Knits and Pearls on YouTube, where you can view the recording of the wedding of, dare I say, the century. <laughs> and we recorded it, we streamlined it. We, wait, what is that word? We streamed it live, and then it's saved to the channel for all time. And if you go over there and watch it on the right-hand side, on the upper right-hand side, make sure and press the live chat replay so that you can see what everyone was saying. I actually just rewatched this yesterday, and I actually didn't know about the whole live chat replay, so I had no idea what people were saying. The first time I watched it, and this time I was reading along what people were saying um, along with the actual event, and I, it was just so awesome. Somebody actually had an earthquake in California during the wedding, and everybody was saying, oh, the earth moved for Emily and Jeremy. It was it was awesome. And so many of my dear friends from near and far, including you, were there, and I it just, I mean... Yeah, even my uncle Ron joined in. That was astounding. He made a comment at one point, and I was just like, no way. Uncle Ron is watching? Because, <laughs> you know, most of my family now lives out of state. My extended family now lives out of state. And so they weren't able to make it, you know, the whole COVID thing. But they were there in spirit, so that makes me really happy. Now, we have a special event coming up in November for the Between Knits and Pearls channel on YouTube. We're going to have a pajama party, and Steph and I will be, um, you know, living it up. We're going to put on our nice PJs. I don't really have nice PJs, but I'll put on my, maybe I'll put on my funniest PJs for this since I don't really have nice ones. <laughs> we're going to pop some popcorn and we're going to knit and just chat with everybody. So mark your calendars. I don't know the exact date because Stephanie just started a new job, which is so exciting. So we have to work out our new recording schedule, but it will be happening in November. So stay tuned for that.
spotlight. You know, I actually went ahead and made a spreadsheet of all the um, podcast, audio podcasts only, that I have spotlighted so far on the um, <laughs> on little cabin knits. So far on episode ten, I talked about knitting pipeline. That was right after Paula passed away, which was very sad for all of us. I know. In episode eleven, I talked about the Get Knit Done podcast, which I love. It's nice and short and sweet. Episode twelve was the Two Use Fiber Adventures, and I love that show. Episode 13, I spotlighted a new-to-me podcast, which I am now a diehard fan of. It's called I Thought I Knew How, a podcast about knitting and life. And, oh my goodness, I can't remember the host's name all of a sudden, but she actually was just in Shetland for the um, Fiber Festival there, and I believe she was even teaching over there. And I've just been following her nonstop on Instagram. It's been awesome. Episode 14 was the two knit lit chick knit lit chicks who I adore. And number 45, yes, there was a big gap get there because remember we had our mental health month in which I did a daily check-in with you. So we skipped from episode 14 all the way to episode 45 in which I highlighted my good friends of Gravel Knits. If you haven't listened to them, oh my goodness, you guys really should. They are so much fun. Episode 46 was an, another oldie but a goodie and one that I don't think gets enough um, attention, which is Yarns at Yin Hu. So I very much encourage you to go listen to that. And episode 47 was Imagine Landscapes because I thought it was very apropos since I was knitting two of their patterns at the time to highlight their podcast. So this week, I want to highlight another uh, show that has been... Well, for many, many years, one that I have dearly cherished, and I have come to see the host as a dear friend, and we have a lot in common, and it's been really lovely to get to know her even more because she was even on our channel back in February. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Boston Jen of the Down Cellar Studio Podcast. Now, she is a very invigorating, talented, kind, and friendly human being that even without knitting, I would want to be her friend. But with knitting, it's a foregone conclusion, my friends. Now, if you want to see the episode in which she was on our YouTube channel, that is episode 57, back when we actually numbered the episodes. And I have everything linked. I mean everything, guys. If you want a good... Um, place to go to find everything I talk about here on the show. My show notes, which, okay, can I get my website right? Let's see. It's https colon forward forward slash andersmillknits.wixsite. So that's w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot com forward slash website. Yeah. I'll also have that in my little blurb. I'll have it linked in my little blurb here that I put out with each podcast um, thing here. I don't put the whole show notes in this one. I just put a little bit of blurb and link you to where you can see all the show notes. By the way, I forgot to put this in administration. And I know I'm supposed to be talking about Down Cellar Studio, but hold on. Because the signups for the four, 24 Days of Cheer Advent Calendar Swap is now open. Now, this is our fifth year. I am so excited. I had no idea we had done this this long. And 
If you aren't aware of it, I have a blog post on our website about it, but this is a low cost to no cost advent swap using your yarn scraps to create little minis to send to your partner. And you create 23 little minis. And on the 24th day, you include a big skein. And this can also be from your stash. You don't have to go out shopping at all to inc- to, for the big day. Wait, okay, wait a minute. Hold on. I made that. I messed that up. It's 24 days of mini minis. And you can opt in to do the big skein on the 25th day of December. And along the way, you can add in little doodads, little... Like one year we did just recipe cards, you know, where we said, you know, just include little recipes that you love to use uh, during Christmas. Or one year we did just include little um, trinkets that you like to put around for Christmas, like maybe a couple like ornaments, maybe even make a couple ornaments, just little things, make it as personalized as you want, or as you know, you can go out and spend the money if you want. I really don't ask you to. I really don't ask you to. The whole reason we started this swap was because I and my partner, well, my my (laughs) knitting best friend, Steph, we can't afford the yarn advent calendars. We never have been able to afford them. So we said this is a great alternative. Everybody has yarn scraps. And most of the time we don't know what to do with them. Or maybe we're like, oh, we already knit with that yarn. We don't want to knit with it again. Well, now you can pass it on to a new home and you can get new things in return. And people have been making amazing things with them. I have three blankets going with just my yarn scrap advent swaps. Just saying. So the signups are now open on our Ravelry group of Between Knits and Pearls. However, you co- if you do not have a Ravelry account, you can email us at betweenknitsandpearls at gmail.com with all of your pertinent information. What is that information? Go to the website and find out. Look for the blog about the 24 days of cheer. All right. Okay. Enough of that. Let's get back to J- Boston Jen and the Downseller Studio. So... Jen, guys, she has 217 audio episodes out right now. And, oh, we cannot forget her YouTube channel, which is also named the Downseller Studio Podcast. And for year, for a while, she was posting just little life happenings and crafts that she was doing, some organization of her Downseller Studio But recently she started a new segment called Crafty Chat in which she does what we do at Between Knits and Pearls, which is interview interesting people in the knitting and crafting community. And it's been awesome to watch. She just uploaded yesterday two videos. I forgot what they were called. One was a yarn unboxing and the other I think was a yarn trip haul. So that was really fun. I might need to do that with just my honeymoon yarn. I might need to make a, a video just on that. But, you know, it was a lot, guys. Anyway, so here's what I love about Jen. She's always willing to let us glimpse her life in Boston. Not just glimpse. She really tells us about her life, both on her audio podcast, on her YouTube channel, and just in her posts on Instagram. Jen is not stingy with letting us in and letting us know who she is. She and I actually really truly connected after I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia this last year, and she has been a stalwart rock, a source of great information and um, building, you know, 
resources, but also really honestly just building me up. You know, if I'm having a really bad fibromyalgia day, if I message her, she just, she always builds me up. She's just like my best friend, Steph, you know, she, that both of those women, oh, I love them so much. Um, and one of my all-time favorite parts of her audio podcast is when she shows or when she has her nieces and nephews on to talk about what exciting adventures they've gotten up to that day or the latest crafting adventures they had with their Aunt Jen. Now, I love that Boston Jen always has time for us. She's w- always willing to chat with you on Ravelry and Instagram And those conversations along with her podcast really make me feel that she is a true friend. And this is somebody who is really well known. So I kind of at first when I started talking to her, I was feeling a little starstruck, but she never made me feel inferior to her. That's I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, I've messaged a few of the larger uh, YouTubers and podcasters out there and it's just dead silent. And that really makes me I don't know if the word is irritated, disappointed, or what, but I always strive to interact with you guys, and I'm not the greatest at it, um, but I, I love you guys, and I always want to have an open dialogue with you. I, that's actually one of the reasons why I started my YouTube channel to begin with, and then in contrast to my audio podcast, but you know, there are some YouTubers out there who when they put themselves out on YouTube, they get a large following and then, well, how do I say this? How do I say this kindly? It's almost as if they become rock stars of the knitting community and they don't interact with quote unquote, the little people. Like if I'm not a big yarn dyer, or if I don't have a big company, it feels like they won't pay any attention to me, right? And that is really disappointing. And I never want you guys, well, I'm not one of those big rock stars, first off, but second off, I never want you guys to ever feel that way about me. And Boston Jen will never let you allow you to feel that way if you contact her. So I highly recommend, you know, having a conversation with her. Now, off off of that rant, let's let's talk about other things I love about Jen. Jen has multiple knit-alongs a year, but these aren't your typical, hey, let's all knit this new pattern I found kind of knit-along. No, 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 no. She's come up with some truly ingenious knit and craft-alongs to bring us all together in a more meaningful way. And fun, like a fun competition way, but also really getting to know each other way. So her yearly pig pig skin party is happening right now. And it runs from the beginning of the football season all the way to the end, to Super Bowl weekend. Then in the summer, she has her annual splash pad party. And I love hearing about all these cows or KALs. But I will admit that I have never participated in them. And, you know, it's like I'm a creepy side watcher that wants to join in, but is always afraid that she's going to make a fool of herself in the process. It's sad, really. Um, As I've denied myself of meeting new and fun people for years now, and it frustrates me that I do that. 
I was actually hoping to join in the pigskin party this year. Even though I'm not a big football fan, I don't really understand it. But at the same time, when I do watch football, I really enjoy it. And I enjoy knitting while I'm doing it. But the problem this year was it started right at the height of the wedding prep. And I was so overwhelmed with everything happening in my life to join. But I don't know. Maybe it's not too late. I shall investigate this, my friends, and find out. I forgot to look that part up. I looked. I feel like I looked up everything else about Jen right now. I was totally a stalker today. But um, totally look up the pigskin party sign up. She's been uh, promoting it on Instagram a lot. Um, and it's just a wonderful event. In addition to all of this, Jen has developed and written up some pretty freaking fantastic patterns for all stages of knitters. She's come out with a new pattern recently. Actually, she's come out with like three in the past few months. But the one that she recently came out with that I really love is the Millie Margaret shawl. She came out with it in two different variations, one for worsted weight and one for fingering weight. And she gifted me both patterns. And this is now on my bucket list for this year. So just letting you know, I love it because it enables you to use self, oops, excuse me, guys, self-striping yarn along with a center panel of, I believe it's lace, but in my head, I'm seeing cables and I don't have it in front of me. Anyway, it's an awesome shawl. I love it. So you can find all of Jen's patterns on Ravelry under her real name of Jennifer Lassonde. And remember that I have linked all of these things in the show notes for you to find. So Jen's audio podcast of Downseller Studio is one of my all-time comfort listens. I particularly love listening to her on my walks with Watson. Uh, for some reason, I listen to more podcasts while I'm walking than I do while I'm knitting. Go figure. <laughs> It feels like, though, when I'm listening to Jen and walking, it feels like I'm talking to an old friend. And yes, I do talk to most of my audio podcasts when I'm listening to them. So if you haven't tried out her show yet, I highly recommend it. Raise a cuppa. Well, my friends, you are now talking to the new Mrs. Radio. <laughs> Jeremy and I were married on September 17th, surrounded by so many of our dear and loved ones. Right after the wedding, we went off on our honeymoon, and I was determined that we took this time for our honeymoon, as I heard so many couples talk about that they waited to take their honeymoon, and then here it is 20 years later, and they've never done it. That was not going to be Mr. Radio and myself at all. Nope. So as a special street... <laughs> As a special treat, instead of my normal personal skill set segment, today I will be invite Mr. Radio on the show to recap the wedding prep, the day of the wedding, the reception, and the honeymoon shenanigans we got up to. So I want you to stay tuned for that. One thing that I doubt we'll talk about in the uh, in that segment with Mr. Radio is what's going on with our house. So I'm going to take a moment to do another rant. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. As many of you might know, we, our house was damaged pretty badly in the 2018 earthquake here in Alaska. What it resulted in was that one side of the house sinks 
Okay, if you go from one side of the house to the other, there was at first 18 inches difference between the two sides. So literally you're going downhill when you're walking in our house. Uh, They came in and did a temporary fix, which pushed us up to 14 inches differential, which, wow, what a great time that was. And for the last two years, we've been dealing with, there is a, where they put the fix in, they're put in a beam underneath our house, and in our living room, we have, there's no way to put it, it's a mountain. Like, you literally go up and downhill as you walk from one side to the other of the living room. When you walk in our uh, hallway, especially if you're sleepy, it you have to be very careful because it the hallway tilts and you feel like you're drunk. And many a time I've gotten up to use the bathroom at, say, 3 a.m. and I've hit myself, um, in, I've run into the closet or the door jam because it's uncomfortable. We have rearranged our the two bedrooms that we have. We've rearranged them at least four times just to try to find a place to put our bed where one or the other of us isn't rolling off the bed because of the tilt of the house. Or in one instance, we had the bed in such a place where our feet were literally higher than our head And so every morning we woke up and we had stuffy noses and headaches and everything. So obviously that wasn't going to do. So they finally came in to start the work. And uh, and our condo building, uh, there's four units in each building. And our condo building was the worst hit. So at first we were told we were going to be the last to be worked on. But they actually decided that ours would be the learning curve. And they said, well... We'll work on yours first, which I was overjoyed because I want to remodel our condo desperately. You guys saw last fall when I sort of redid the kitchen. It took me about two weeks and I just did things like painted the cabinets, put on a temporary countertop, um, did a backsplash and stuff, but I didn't want to do anything permanent. So like the backsplash, for instance, was one of those stick on tiles because... I didn't want to do anything permanent. And I also want new cabinet, uh, no, countertops. I don't need new ca- cabinets, so there's no reason to fix that. But I wasn't going to do any major updates until after we had the, the house fixed because I knew that any uh, movement in the house could cause cracks, could cause things to break apart. And we didn't, you know, we weren't going to be able to replace them because they said that they would not replace anything that they broke. Yes, that is true, my friends. So they started on this two months ago. And they started by, uh, by, by carving out a moat around the house and putting up some extra shorelines or whatever they call them, like, you know, some scaffolding type things, but in the ground. And it is about a six foot moat around the entire house. And we have a bridge now leading to our, our apartment. The plan was, is that while we were on our honeymoon, they would tear out our kitchen bathroom and master bedroom closet to be able to put in these special steel pipes something like that that would lift the house up and you know uh, cause it to be the most secure building in all of Anchorage so the next earthquake that came wouldn't make anything happen we got back from our honeymoon and our entire house was still ripped apart we had no kitchen The bathroom looked like it had never been touched. Turns out they actually didn't need to tear out the bathroom or the 
uh, master closet because they were able to crawl around underneath the kitchen. So, oh, I forgot the dining room. They also tore out the half of the dining room. Um, but they were able to climb around underneath those two places to get to the other places they needed further back in the condo. So the kitchen is ripped apart. And we were like, we can't live like in this. And so we decided we were going to come up and stay at his parents' house who um, spend the summers here. And in the winter, they go down to the lower 48. And we take care of the house by periodically coming up and checking on it and stuff. But his dad has a, like, a freaking awesome security system in the house. So honestly speaking, he doesn't even really need us to check on the house because he's got it all. Like he checks on it every single day uh, via Wi-Fi cameras and everything like this. And like, it's like really awesome. Like, uh, seriously, I'm impressed. Um, so we tried to get up here in our minivan, which by the way, broke down the day we were going to leave on our honeymoon. And it was clip-clopping along a little bit here and there, but we it snowed while we were away on our honeymoon, and we could not get up the hill to his dad's house on the hillside in the van. And so a very angry Emily and a very frustrated, and I will say scared of me at this point, Jeremy, we went back down to our condo to try to make things work. Well, I gave my dog a bath, I started running some um, blankets in the washer dryer because everything now in our house is covered in a light film of things. And I was like, we are not sleeping in this bed until everything is washed. And I had just finished cleaning from top to bottom the bathroom and was going to take a shower when I looked down to find that my tub had backed up. Now, this happened the day of our wedding as well. Our our toilet overflowed, our bathtub started backing up, and we could not use the water. They had come out that day and unplugged something or other, some kind of pipe uh, that they had accidentally done something to while fixing the foundation. And so we thought, oh, that's the same thing going on here. And we were really mad. And of course, Mr. Radio's calling the contractor who's not answering the phone. And finally, the contractor calls back. Um, long and the short of it was they couldn't get anybody out to help us that day. And so we had to figure out a way to get up to his dad's house. There was just no way around it. So we got in the truck, which normally has four wheel drive, but apparently it has gone out. And so that's now a major fix. And also we still had summer tires on both the truck and the van. And we're talking about black ice on a hill. That is not exactly a nice incline. What resulted was we got stuck in a ditch. And Mr. Radio tried desperately to get us out. But it just was getting worse and worse. So I trekked up the hill on the black ice to our neighbors, which is a lifelong friend of Mr. Radio's. And she and her husband came out and pulled him out of the ditch and all the way up the hill to uh, the in-law's house. And that is where we are right now. We have been told that the house should be leveled on Friday and everything put back together by Friday night so that we can go home again. Um, but at this point, we're not holding our breaths. We went down to the house today to pick up a few things, um, and Mr. Radio grabbed the van so that he could go get snow tires on that one at least. I don't know what they're doing. They were working completely outside. Nothing in the house has been touched. I I mean, I 
I know that there, I, I definitely don't understand construction. I definitely don't. And so I'm leaving it all to them. I especially don't understand foundations. So I'm leaving it to them. And at the same time, my friends, as I was giving my dog a bath a few days ago when we got home from our honeymoon, I was so angry. My teeth were chattering. My hand and my whole entire body was shaking so bad that the hand that was holding the shower head, shower faucet thing to spray down my dog was, um, I actually had to use my other hand to try and steady my first hand because it was just shaking so badly. And Mr. Radio came in and saw me shaking so badly and he just kind of held me for a little while. I don't want to cry. I mean, this is a temporary situation. This is completely temporary. The problem was, is that we had such a blissful two and a half weeks, you know, between the wedding and our honeymoon. It was utter bliss, utter perfection. Like, I, there was just one tiny blip and it wasn't, I wouldn't even call it a blip. Like, it was just something that we had, we, we went through one night because we picked the wrong hotel. And of course, you know, if you don't know the area, you're always gambling on a hotel choice, right? Um, I hate this word, I'm going to use it anyway. The juxtaposition between the utter bliss of our honeymoon and coming out back to the nightmare that was our home was so horrific that I was unable to process it. Like my mind just immediately went to rage and stayed there for like six to eight hours. And I let it. I'm a mental health therapist. I have all kinds of techniques to calm myself down, but I wasn't even bothering to try because I was just so enraged and and mad. But Mr. Radio has the way of always calming me down, of always taking care of me and helping me see that we can get through this together. And once we were finally settled in his parents' house, And again, that friend, that lifelong friend and neighbor went back to her house. They had just gone to Costco and they brought us food um, to eat because there was no food in his parents' house because, of course, they weren't thinking anybody was going to be here all winter. Um, They brought us food and we had eaten dinner and we were sitting down in the living room. And I turned to him and I said, you know, I've had some really traumatic things happen in my life. Truly traumatic things of nightmares. I can even go through those again, as long as I have you. This right now with the house is a temporary setback. Yeah, it's a struggle, but it's nothing compared to the things that I've, I've gone through in my life. And because I have Mr. Radio, it's okay. Like, things will be okay. We'll work through it. And I am just so grateful for that, my friends. I didn't have that in my last husband. Um, my first husband, to know that I have a true partner that is strong as steel, but also willing to be vulnerable and honest with me is the most precious gift I could have. So that is my rant, my friends. It's gone on for long enough. So let's get on to the knitting segments and then we will invite Mr. Radio to come on the show and we'll talk about the honeymoon and wedding trip. I have a feeling that this is going to be a long episode this week. So bear with me, my friends.
on the shelf. Well, I have three things on the shelf since we last spoke. The first of which you will not have heard of because I cast it on after my last episode. That is the Lucky Dog Sweater. This is a pattern on Ravelry. It's a rather pricey pattern, however. But since I wanted it to fit Watson just right, I paid <clears throat> the $9, <clears throat> which admittedly made me gulp a little as I pressed the buy now button on Ravelry, but I did pay it. Um, the yarn I used was Knit Picks Provincial Tweed Worsted Weight in the gray colorway. This was the leftovers from Jeremy's wedding sweater, and I just had to use it. This was the sweater Watson wore as our ring bearer on the special day. And it looked amazing. Everybody was talking about it. Actually, everybody was talking about all the knits <laughs> at the wedding and the, and the reception. But everybody just, like, they just thought he was the cutest thing. Now, Watson was really overwhelmed with all the noises and all the people there. So halfway through the reception, he had to go in the car just so he could calm down the rest of the night. But he looked so cute and you know, poor him. He hates it when I put on the sweaters. Like, he hates the act of getting a sweater put on him. But once it on, it's on, he's like, oh, this is great. I'm warm. Because Watson loves warmth. He loves to cuddle up under the blankets with me and Mr. Radio. He loves to be wrapped up when I'm wearing, like, my winter coat. He likes it when I hold him close and I put the coat around both of us. You know, he loves that. And it was about time he got a new sweater because um, I had knit him a newer sweater than the first one I ever knit him, which was over nine years ago. Um, but the second sweater I ever knit him, it's never fit him right. It was supposed to be like a um, turtleneck a sweater for a dog. It just, you know, it never fit right. It would always slip back on his front haunches or front shoulders. And so that turtleneck thing always looked really like stretched out and weird and everything. And I picked the exact wrong colorway to use on my dog. So I never liked it. Um, but this wedding sweater that I knit for him or the ring bearer sweater, whatever you want to call it, it just fits him perfectly. And I love it. And as I've said multiple times so far in the episode, you can find the link to these patterns on the show notes at andersmillknits.wixit.com forward slash website. I think that's what it was. <laughs> so that's the lucky dog sweater. Next up, we finished the Not Just Another Gnome by Sarah Shira of the Imagine Landscapes audio podcast. And the, the yarn I used for this was Leftovers from the Bunting in Madeline Tosh Fingering Weight in the colorways Tacienda and Glazed Pecan. And it's all done. Now this gnome was one of two that I knit as a wedding donut topper. However... When we were setting up for the reception, I thought they just looked so sweet on Mr. and Mi on our radio. <laughs> My goodness, I can't talk anymore. On our table that we were going to have dinner at, that honestly, I put them there while we were setting up for the reception and they just stayed there all night. And people would come over and they'd pick them up and they'd be like, oh, this is so cute. And I'm like, I know, aren't I amazing? I'm kidding, guys. I didn't say that part. <laughs> But people really loved them. So that was not just another gnome, and that was the Mr. Radio's gnome for the wedding. My gnome was the Gnome de Plume, also by Sarah Shearer. 
And the yarn I used from this was from Old Projects. For the hat, I used a mystery scrap yarn in soft pinks and peaches. It's speckled. I have no idea what the name is or who made it. It was just in my scrap basket, and so, and I loved it. I can't even find, I'm terrible at logging my projects on Ravelry, although I did log all of the projects you're hearing about today on Ravelry. Well, no, I didn't log the gnomes yet. Dang it. I was about to give myself some kudos here, but I didn't log some of the projects you're hearing about today on the episode. Uh, I'm just really bad at doing that kind of thing. I love spreadsheets. I love them. For some odd reason, using Ravelry sometimes to log my projects seems so overwhelming and I just avoid it, which is so silly because when I do it, I'm so happy it's there. Anyway, this yarn was used for something that I know I gave away to somebody. I have no idea what the project was. It might have been a hat, probably... Uh, anyway, it was it was probably a hat. But anyway, it doesn't have a name anymore. I have no idea who did it. But for the body, I used the leftovers from my Julius top by my friend Alex Alexandria Wagner. Uh, that's the pattern, the Julius top. And it was by Alexandria Wagner. She's, she's a local um, designer here in Anchorage, Alaska. And she is extremely talented. She was also on the Between Knits and Pearls back in January, I believe, of 21. And the colorway is a Mad Tosh Twist Light in the copper pink colorway. And this gnome is so adorable. Um, but it was looking a tad unfinished when I was all done. And so I talked about it on the YouTube channel, and many of you suggested that I embroider some things on it. Now, I am not great at embroidering, and I did not want this to be messed up. So... I asked my niece Miriam, who's been on this sh this audio podcast twice now, and who is an expert, and I truly mean that. Or maybe I should more aptly call her a master at uh, embroidery. So I asked her if she would just liven it up and uh, liven up my gnome, and it turned out perfectly. Miriam tacked down the arms in front of the gnome's belly. And gave her a wedding bouquet. It's so adorable. And these gnomes now sit in pride of place on my mantle. On the couch. All of the following projects are new projects to you, my friends. All of them were cast on after the last audio podcast or on my honeymoon, so here we go. The first one I'll talk about is called Spring Thing, and if you joined us for the live birthday celebration that we had on YouTube, you'll know that this was cast on for Stephanie, my co-host, or Farmstead Knits, also my best friend, I mean I talk about her ad nauseum, you should know this by now. We cast this on in honor of her birthday and our friendship. And this yarn was dyed by a very good friend, Lauren, of Granite State Yarn in the colorway Treasured Friends with the mini skein of raspberry for the edging and the fringe of the shawl. Now, this colorway is very special to Steph and I, as Lauren dyed this colorway in homage of our Between Knits and Pearls logo and it is absolutely stunning. I mean stunning. It's a speckly yarn with a background of grayish white and flecks of pink and gold throughout. 
I loved it in the skein, but honestly, my friends, I squeal when I see it knit up. It is amazing. And I'm so grateful that I'm knitting a simple shawl so that the yarn can really be the star of this project. Now, I'm not sure if Lauren is still stocking this colorway in her shop, and it sold out pretty dang fast. And she even did a couple of dye runs because of the demand was so high for this colorway set. So, however, I am sure that she would dye you up a set if you messaged her either on her website or on Instagram, because Lauren is like that. She's a rock star. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, as to the pattern, like I said, it's called Spring Thing. It's a free pattern on Ravelry by the very talented team at Espace Tricot. They're from Canada. Now, I couldn't find any of Espace Tricot's patterns on their website. But my goodness, do they have an amazing selection of goodies on their website. I kind of fell in love. I had never gone to the website. and Now I know why everybody buys from them. And I think I'll be sending Mr. Radio there for Christmas shopping for me this year. <laughs> Now, this pattern is so easy. I mean easy, my friends, but it is also very gratifying. I had it memorized in, say, um, eight rows of casting on, and I knit on this throughout the honeymoon as I wanted mindless knitting so that my eyes would not be tempted to look away from the scenery outside the car windows. It was perfect car knitting, and now that we are home, well sort of, as I talked about earlier. I have been knitting on it as we relax in the evenings watching a new-to-me show that one of our friends recommended on Netflix, which is called Mind Hunter. It This show is especially interesting to me because as a mental health therapist, it talks about the early days of FBI profilers. And to give you a little secret, there's I've been thinking long and hard about going for my doctorate or another special certificate to tag onto my master's. And one of the things I've been really thinking long and hard about, because my master's is in behavioral science. And um, so criminal, criminal, uh, criminal justice mental health is a special um, certificate I could get, or I could go for a doctorate in that. And I've been thinking a lot about that. I don't really want to be a profiler, but I find that subject so fascinating at the same time. So if I don't want to be that, it's not really something that I should pursue. But at the same time, I am thirsty for knowledge in this area. Let me just say that. But back to the pattern. <laughs> this is a garter stitch, squishy, fingering weight shawl. It's more of a like scarf, I would say, because it's it's thinner than, it's not a deep shawl. And it's nice and long. And then you use a contrasting mini skein to... Actually, I haven't read the end of the pattern. I don't know if I crochet the edge or if I pick up stitches around the edge in the contrasting color. And then as an added bonus, you can add little fringes or tassels onto different sections of the shawl, which I am totally going to do. Like, really seriously going to do. But I love this pattern. I haven't even gotten halfway through. Actually, it's been mind-boggling to me. I figure what happened is that I would be so enthralled by the uh, scenery outside my window that I would actually forget to do some of the increases. So my shawl will probably be even longer than others, 
but it doesn't look wonky. It looks pretty awesome, and so I'm okay with it. I am eight increases short of the middle portion of the shawl, and then I'll start the decreases down. And uh, the rows, you know, technically they're not long, but it kind of seems a little long when I stop. If I'm knitting on it and nothing else is going on around me, I'm like, man, these rows are long, but it's not. It is really not. It's just in my head. Anyway, so that's the spring thing by Espace Tricot. Next, I cast on some socks for Mr. Radio. And the yarn is Two Sisters Yarn Company, which I purchased at the yarn bar in Billings, Montana, on our honeymoon road trip. The colorway is yarn bar, as it is dyed up in self-striping colors to match the yarn bar's logo. And I love this colorway. Love it, love it, love it. It's right in front of me now. So we've got some olive green, a raspberry pink, a burgundy, then again to the olive pink into a kind of acid yellow, then a stripe, just a mini stripe, micro stripe of white, then a lovely blue, which has a little bit of teal in it, but I wouldn't call it teal blue, then another micro stripe of white, and then gray, and then it starts back over again um, with raspberry, then burgundy, then you know, the apple green or olive green, that's what I called it, and so on and so forth. And I'm using a contrasting color, a mini skein of olive green to, when I say olive green, I don't mean an ugly army uh, olive green. I mean, this is, think of the olive in your martini glass, and that's what it is. It's, it's, it's spot on, and it's vibrant, and it's beautiful. And so I'm using that to knit the heels and the toes of Mr. Radio socks. And let me just say, okay, I know I'm going to probably say this again, but I had so much freaking fun at the yarn bar. Like, and we've become friends on Instagram as well. The, the ladies that run it, I love the yarn bar and they do sell online. So please go and look at them. I just, I really connected to the ladies that were working that day. And honestly, I don't, I don't even think I ever asked their names, which is bad of me. And I also have no idea if they own the shop or if they're just employees there, but kudos to them, to the owners. If, if they are in fact employees, kudos to the owners for picking amazing employees, like amazing. Um, now I love this colorway so much for Mr. Radio that I cast it on that night that I bought it. So that was September 25th. And I'm using my own sock recipe. So I cast on 72 stitches on U.S. size 1s. Usually I use U.S. size 0 needles but for knitting socks. But at this point, I'm just going to be honest. And I will tell you that I'm a tad daunted by the idea of of knitting Mr. Radio a pair of socks on U.S. size zero. So I chose, you know, very mindfully, mind you, when I was in the shop to not buy size zero needles. I bought size one on purpose. Now, though, I wish I had because I like the tighter fabric I get from size zeros or, or even double zeros. At this point in my sock knitting career, I, I like my fabric a lot better. It My fabric that I get on U.S. ones just seems a little too loose for my liking. And I want these to be long and hard wearing because uh, Mr. Radio is pretty hard on his socks. I don't mind that at all. 
So, you know, I just need to be aware of the fact that he's hard on his socks and knit appropriately. And I'm not doing that this time. However, Mr. Radio has hobbit feet. He has size 13 shoes. And I just couldn't do it this time, guys. I just couldn't do it. Um, the U.S. size ones seem to knit his socks like a dream. Like, I don't know if it's because of the U.S. ones needles or because uh, the self-striping is so engaging or what it is. But these socks, they just lickety split. In less than a week, I'm on the toe, you know. Uh, and I am on the toe of the first socks, and but I would have it done by now. However, I just couldn't seem to pick up my knitting in the airport or the planes because I was just too exhausted. The morning we flew home, we got up at 2 a.m. and I'd had four hours sleep. Mr. Radio had none. He was just too anxious thinking about everything that had to get done. The two-hour car ride we had to take, uh, drive in order to get to the airport. And, you know, all the changes in the, uh, of planes and everything. And the fact that we were flying out of two big airports. And the fact, uh, or the, the unknown of what we would find when we get, got home. It just had Mr. Radio up with anxiety that night, you know. Now, if uh, the next time, not if, the next time I knit socks for Mr. Radio, I would do things differently. For instance, I would definitely go down at least one needle size and I would cast on less stitches for his leg. Now, remember, I cast on 72 stitches, but his legs are, and are thinner than his feet. So I would maybe cast on 68 to 64 stitches and then increase up to perhaps 80 to 84 stitches for his feet. Yeah, I just said that. 80 to 84. I did. I said that. Mm -hmm. And I use the Fish Lips Kiss heel for his socks and I because I have that completely memorized. I did increase four stitches in preparation for the heel. And I think what I would like to do is a heel flap next time. And I would keep the increases that I did for the heel this time um, as his feet are pretty wide and, well, large. So there's some things, you know, I'm learning about Mr. Radio. I've been having him try on these socks as I go. And there are just some certain things that I'm taking note that I want to change for the next pair of socks that I cast on for him. So those are my, I don't know, just socks for Mr. Radio. The last thing I will talk about here on, on the couch is the Tweed Boomerang by Lauren Parker. Now, the yarn I'm using for this, I also bought at the yarn bar in Billings, Montana, which, by the way, I loved Billings. Like, I would move there. It feels like Anchorage, except it was 90 degrees there when we were there. That's the only difference. <laughs> anyway, the yarn is Mountain Colors in her Tweed base. The main color is Bridger Teal. And the variegated yarn that came with the kit uh, did not come with a colorway name tag attached to it, but it appears to be the same DK tweed base as the main colorway. Now, I bought this as a kit, and I'm really happy that I did. I cast this on a few days after Mr. Radio Socks because I just had to. I kept fondling the yarn in my project bag, and the temptation was just too much. I'll just admit it. I have cast this on or something. I'm just too excited about things right now. That's that's okay, though. The pattern is on Ravelry. Now, remember, this is called Tweed Boomerang, and it's linked in the show notes, like I've said. It's a $5 pattern, and while it's a simplistic boomerang shawl pattern, so far at least, I haven't gotten to the lace section yet, so I'm just saying so far, 
I still think this would be a great buy for a beginner knitter or even an experienced one wanting a larger shawl with a lot of squish while also having a mindless knit. So it's great. I love it. It's wonderful. So guys, at this point, I have a ridiculous amount of projects on the needles. However, I have more planned. On the road trip, or the honeymoon trip, I bought yarn to make a good friend a baby blanket, and I expect to cast that on tonight. And we all know that it is now gift knitting season, so I will probably be casting on at least a few projects for that as well. However, I have to take stock. I have to come down to reality. I have too much on the needles. Um, and so I need to start paring down my projects in the new year. So I've been thinking that perhaps we'll even make it a uh, knit slash crochet along in the new year. And I think that would be most useful for at least me, I'm hoping for you too, to start knitting down all the projects that we have. So, and I don't want this to just be a, you know, oh yay, you finished a project. No, I want, pri I want prizes. So I'm going to start asking uh, different dyers and designers out there if they'd like to contribute prizes. I never do that because I feel very uncomfortable doing that because I feel very strongly that these people should be compensated. However, um, I also want to provide you guys prizes and I feel like I can promote their products a bit on here on the show so that maybe you guys will go and support them as well. And I think that would hopefully, you know, help out or balance out the fact that they gave a prize. So let me know what you think. And if you have any recommendations or would like to gift a prize for the upcoming New Year project down along. Uh, oh, I just came up with that. That was pretty good, Emily. Yeah. Okay. New Year project down along. We got to remember that. Okay, guys. Um, Please feel free to message me on Instagram at Anders Mill Knits. You can email me at Between Knits and Pearls or LittleCabinKnitsAK at gmail.com. All right, and that, my friends, is on the couch. Special segment, Wedding and Honeymoon Recap with Mr. Radio. So let's all give a warm welcome to Mr. Radio. I prefer the term Mr. Emily. <laughs> you should. Yeah, now that we're husband and wife and such. Yeah. Yeah, it's official. Yes, we are. And it's been fun. It has been. Yeah. I told everybody about the horrible um, letdown that it was coming back from the honeymoon and getting at, getting to the house and everything. Well, when you but. think about the fact that we went on a trip for like two solid weeks and didn't really have any like bad times, I mm -hmm. figure that's life just evening out. We couldn't come home and have everything wonderful, so yeah. I'll take it. Maybe I should now dub you Mr. Wonderful. No, that wouldn't work. You're Mr. Radio. Uh, whatever you want to call <laughs> me, hon, as long as I get to wear this ring. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he great, guys? Okay, so let's start with the day of the wedding. So I already told them that we woke up and the bathroom started flooding. So from there, mm -hmm. we went over to my parents' house. Jeremy got us a very romantic breakfast from... From a... It's a little uh, indie place called McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's the only one in the nation that we mm -hmm. went to, you know, yeah. for a... 
they have uh, these wonderful McGriddles, they call them. It's such a quaint little place. Yeah. I, I have high hopes for them. Very unique, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we got over to my parents' house and we quickly ate breakfast and then it was loading up my parents' two cars and our van and nope, that was it, huh? I believe so. I mean, yeah. my truck hauled a bunch of stuff too. I had like coolers oh, that's right. we and brought your truck other things. Too. Yeah, it was it was all hands on deck. It was you know it was busy. Yeah, and we ran over my the where we got married was really only what two three blocks away from my parents' house. I mean, walking distance on a nice day, but that would have wasted a lot of time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really close to your parents' house. I mean, it's a clubhouse in the neighborhood that they live in. That's why we used it because mm-hmm. they get a special rate and it's just convenience. You can't yep. beat it. And it's right on a lake. Yes, although uh, my friend Beatnik, who also grew up in the neighborhood, kept calling it a festering pond. He, he does not. He, he he did not like that area because he grew up like across the street, putting up with weddings like ours all his life. I guess. I know, poor guy. Yeah, he he was the one. If you watch the video, that uh, was the unofficial officiant Mowage. Um, you know that was him mm-hmm. before your dad took over. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got to the wedding venue, and we just immediately my my family was like an army, weren't mm-hmm. they? Yes. We just and your dad was there. Yeah. Uh, until about maybe two o'clock. Maybe? He he stopped by to help uh, set up, and I had told like uh, you know John, my brother slash best man, and Eric, my one of my groomsmen, to come by at like three o'clock. But but the, by the time they had your family, had already pretty much set up everything, yeah. in, including you and me and my, my dad. Yeah. But um, it yeah. was really seamless. Like all the delivery people came on time. All of everything. Like there was nothing wrong mm-hmm. like it was uncanny and even the sky smiled at us because... yeah uh for the entire week prior to the wedding we, i don't know about you but i was watching the weather app on my phone mm-hmm. pretty much on the hour just yeah. like how's it gonna look now how's it gonna look now mm-hmm. and it would kind of go back and forth between okay it's gonna be cloudy or it's gonna rain or it's gonna be cloudy or it's gonna rain well if it was gonna rain that would have been bad for our outdoor ceremony yeah and when, so anyway, so we, and and so we we really didn't have a plan B because the inside was set up for the reception, but we just would have had people sit at the tables and the reception would have been inside or the uh, ceremony would have been inside. However, mm-hmm. we had sunshine which, we for did. the first time in like a week. Uh, oh, more! Yeah, oh, the more. Uh, the skies were gracious on mm-hmm. our wedding day. Yes, and it was great. Yeah, and they let they allowed they had no problems letting Watson be there the whole time. Our dog, so. You know, he he was a little bit of a stressful thing throughout the day. Probably one of the only stressful things throughout the day was making sure that he was taken care of and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he doesn't like big hubbubs like that. So no. he was he was a little skittish. But I mean, I I held onto his leash for a while, and your mom helped out, and even you had him at one point. But yeah, yeah, he was... I think the most tedious thing of the day, which my father and my younger sister Kelsey took uh, control of, was. Ironing. ironing all of those table uh, tablecloths that I bought. Yeah, yeah, and they just set it up and knocked them down, and they were done. It looked nice. You know, the centerpieces you and your mom made were mm-hmm. great. All the little lights on the sticks that we've been collecting over our various <laughs> camping trips over the summer. Uh, all the stones that you... Um, collected at the various, you know, creeks and mm-hmm. lakes. And uh, don't forget the driftwood, driftwood. from Kenai Lake. Yeah, which, what did we do on that? 
uh, they were painted by your nieces, right? Yep. I tried to paint. So so I had this vision in my head, guys, that everything would be very cabiny and very um, Alaskan-y, but also very crafty. And so I would collect things, and I wouldn't have exactly a clear plan in my head, but I knew I wanted to use a lot of natural things. So thus the twigs, the stones, the driftwood. Mm-hmm. And when I collected the driftwood, they it was like the bark of the of the tree. And so one side was all rough, and the other side was really smooth, like a painter's canvas. canvas. So I was like, well, why don't we all paint little images or scenes on there? And of course, you know... <laughs> My mom, every time I can, I told her my ideas, she would she would be like, "There, we can't do that. We can't do that." And then you did that. And then we did it, and yeah. it was actually really well, not easy, but it was pretty time consuming. But you definitely had a vision going in, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you accomplished it. Yeah, and one of the things that we had to alter. Oh well, first off, finishing with the driftwood. So I tried to paint on a couple pieces of the driftwood and my poor nieces i am a terrible painter just absolutely terrible and my my nieces and my mom are are like the true artists even though my mom would would probably poo poo that me calling her a true artist but she has the heart of an artist yes and so they actually had to repaint mine (laughs) to, to to make them better um, and to make them into something else. So there was uh, lots of image, images of flowers on, painted on there, mushrooms, birds. What else? I can't remember what else. They're all at home now. Little mountain ranges. Yes, there was mountain ranges. Yeah. yeah. And so those went on the tables kind of surrounding the centerpieces, which were um, um, mason jars that my mom and I glued jute and lace and ribbon to i know what that is jute jute is like um it's like burlap but in rope form it's like a really thin rope okay yeah i think i know what you're talking about yeah and um and then we put uh twinkle lights inside them and baby's breath coming out of them because baby's breath will stay pristine without water for days honestly and so those were our centerpieces and then on our table we had a candle for representing your mom since she couldn't be with us right she passed away a number of years ago but uh, i like to think she was there in spirit yeah and we put out the gnomes on the table which yes they were there the gnomes are cute honey they're not creepy i'm glad you told me that so i know <laughs> oh and by the way if you're hearing little groans and grunts uh our dog watson is pretty close to the microphone so and he wanted to be in daddy's lap he so. did not want to be excluded to this experience no and so it was just a matter of making everything you know to what we had oh and we can't forget our beautiful painting which, yeah, you ordered that online. It was an mm-hmm. anniversary present for me, was it? Yes. And that's... Of our first date, mind did, you. Have you shared that with your listeners? <laughs> that was right. Watson, that wasn't me. <laughs> um, have you shared that with your listeners? I have not, and no. I don't know if I put it on the blog. I put a lot of pictures on the blog. If I haven't yeah. put it on, I will make sure well, it's there. Well, it, it was on the mantle. There was a fireplace in the clubhouse, and it's... Basically, uh, you and I, our faces, uh, kind of paint superimposed upon some, like, I want to say, like... Georgian. Yeah, Georgian? Georgian period outfits. Basically, you're wearing a nice dress. I'm in tights. Yeah, you're a dandy. I'm a... Thank you. (laughs) 
So that was a neat little thing to set up so people could see. And I think uh, those that noticed got a kick out yeah, of it. Yeah, they really did. Uh, one or two asked, you know, hey, where'd you get that done? Yeah. And, um, yeah, unfortunately they couldn't superimpose Watson in there as well. It no. was just some regular dog. Yeah. Which is, you know. And fun. then the bunting went up around the places like the fireplace and along some of the tables and stuff. So. And they had, was it green lights that the house already had kind of yeah. strewn about the ceiling? I thought it was fine because it was almost one of our colors. It wasn't a hunter green, but mm -hmm. it worked with the uh, other lights we provided and mm -hmm. made a nice atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we, and then uh, around noon, we went outside and we set up all the chairs and the... What was that called? A Is it arbor or arch or... One of those two words. Yeah. And, of course, we couldn't put it up exactly where Emily, myself, wanted. I wanted... Because it would have been crooked and it would have looked funny. And everybody would have been sitting on a hill, so they would have all fallen over. So we needed to put it down where you guys saw us, by the trees, beside the lake and everything, which turned out to be a beautiful setting. Uh, I was... I was very much set on I wanted the background to be of the lake behind us rather than the trees behind us. Mm -hmm. I, I liked the trees. And there's a mm -hmm. couple shots where, you know, there's an angle and mm -hmm. uh, you can see the lake behind us. So mm -hmm. there were ducks and loons. I can't yep. remember what kind of waterfall were there, but mm -hmm. I definitely heard some bird noises. Yeah. And so we were all done by 3 o'clock setting we, up. Yeah. And we had a, uh, what, 630 uh, Wedding time. So, yep. I mean, it was... Like, my brother showed up. He's like, anything I can do. And I was like, we're hungry. Go get us Wendy's. <laughs> so he went and he got us Wendy's. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which was actually a lifesaver because, I mean, we the food hadn't arrived at that point yet. And we, you know, mm -hmm. when you're a bride and groom, I've heard it and it was true for us. You kind of forget to eat or do anything else, especially after and the some, reception started. Yeah, and somebody threw away our food. Well, it was cleanup time and people just thought, well, this is, you didn't want the rest of your wrap anyway. I didn't have a wrap. I had one of the sandwiches that I particularly wanted. Oh, it was that saved for you? Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, I, I didn't throw it away, so I, I couldn't know. tell you who did. I know. But, um, so since everything was there, uh, Jeremy had already taken a shower, so he got dressed downstairs at the clubhouse, and I went back over to my parents' house and took a shower and came back, and I started getting ready, and... <laughs> I was pretty much all ready by the time my bridesmaids arrived, which was only about five minutes before the ceremony was supposed to begin. It was pretty close. I don't know if it was that close, but... It was, it was ridiculously close. I, I, you, you went to the house, you cleaned up, you came back, you got ready upstairs in the clubhouse because yes. there's like a little like Bride's loft. room, yeah. Yeah, that uh, you can't see. But, like, every time I would mention something like, oop, that wasn't supposed to go there, I'd hear you yell, what's going on? What's wrong? But... And then, you know, you were like, where's my bridesmaids? And uh, so, yeah, just like mere minutes before we were supposed to uh, start the ceremony outside, like your your sister Kelsey pulls up and I said, hey, I think Emily's looking for you. And she just looks like, I know. <laughs> and then she rushed off. You know, but my sisters did have to get their whole families ready as well. Yeah. I mean. Well, and especially uh, uh, Kelsey has small kids. Yeah, and, and I am a 40-year-old woman, so I guess I can... You can take care of yourself. Yes, but, you know, at the same time, <laughs> the bridesmaids are supposed to be doting on the 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 bride uh, and helping her get her makeup on and stuff. But it's okay. I've been doing my makeup for over 20 years, so I got it all done. And my niece was there to do my hair and put on my veil that my best friend Stephanie made, which, oh my goodness, I've forgotten the name of the pattern again. Even Star, uh, which, as most of you may know, is kind of like a knitter's 
bucket list slash like dream knitting to so, knit. So it, it's a, a high level knit. It's it not very easy. much is. Yeah. Well, that's cool that Stephanie and, did that for you. Yeah, me. it had beaded edging, and she didn't know this. Well, she tried her best, but um, what was really funny was when she was making it, she kept on wanting to see my wedding dress, and I was like, why does she keep wanting to see a picture of my wedding dress? So I finally sent her one, and apparently she'd already started the Even Star, but as luck would have it, it matched in color to my wedding dress, so which was a pearl white. So that was really lovely. It was a nice dress. And I was really proud of myself because that dress I got at Torrid, for on clearance for $32. So quite a deal. I think deal. my uh, slacks cost more than that. Exactly. So that's that, uh, and I'd seen it prior to that, not you wearing it, but is that the one you had hanging up? Mhm. Uh kind of in the living room area. The so. the veil? Or no, the, shawl? The, the dress itself. No, the dress I never had hanging up in the living room. Okay, that was the shawl then. Yeah, that was the shawl. See, that's how much it matched is that now you're thinking back on it and you're like, "Oh, was that the dress?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got all ready and um so Jeremy, you went down to the outside, which it was quite a walk from the bride's uh dressing room to actually where the ceremony was and you know, I've got a bad leg and so hills are very tricky. And then my dad has a really bad back, and he really was really struggling to walk down the aisle with me down that hill. So both of us were kind of grunting as we took little walks. Here comes the... Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I noticed in the videos that I kind of... I mean, I'm going to call it a waddle. It looked... A, it, but you, if we're being kind, it was a limp. You were, you, you were swaying with yeah. love. Let's yes, call it that. that's what we call it. Yeah. And our friend Beatnik, because he's another radio host... That's his radio name. That's I'm, his I'm name. Ogre. He's Beatnik, and yeah. uh, but in real life, he, his name's Reeve. And yeah, he's, he's a very sweet soul. He his wedding gift to uh, me was uh, the outfit that I wore. He, yes, he ordered the vest, which of course came from uh, across the ocean. So like sizing over there was different. So we had to take it to uh, a tailor to be adjusted so it would fit me properly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, nice nice dress shirt and slacks and some shoes. really lo- nice looking shoes. Although my they feet- crippled will, you by the end of the night. My feet will never <laughs> forgive those shoes for what they did. It, they weren't broken in. So it was, yeah. uh, I mean, by the end of the night, I was just, hey, I'm going to lean over here. Yeah, exactly. I actually had to take my shoes off, which was another bargain buy. I got them on clearance at Burlington for like $8. So, you know, we did pretty good. Um, But, you know, we specifically, I didn't want to walk down the aisle to the traditional uh, Here Comes the Bride March. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of my favorite singers growing up was Alison Krauss. So we had her playing, you know, it's amazing that you can see right to my heart. And it was a four-minute song. When we did a dry run to it, you guys were up to the front in like a minute, but it was much, much slower in real life yes. during, during the actual ceremony. So it yes. worked out wonderfully. And Don't forget you had your uh, flower girls. And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I watched the video. I had no idea. Uh, so my, my two youngest nieces were the flower girls, and they went down hand-in-hand. And if you see on the video, what happened was that they just got completely confused. They tried to go off to the side, and then they were herded towards the middle aisle, and then and then they couldn't figure out what was going on. But on all the pictures that are that my bro- now your brother in law 
Oleg took, they're all smiling from ear to ear. They weren't yeah. nervous at all. They just kind of were like, oh, well, I just go to daddy. And yeah. he's in the back row. <laughs> uh -huh. Yep. Uh, Ryan was there for Brooke. And uh, she, he, Ryan actually helped her spread some of the petals because <laughs> it was it was just a, a little much for her to, you know, um, she's very young. Yes. So, you know. And my sister, Kelsey, had my dog, Watson, who was the ring bearer. And you knitted well, him a special sweater for the occasion, yes. which you just whipped up in, like, what, a week? About four days, I think. Yeah, was. like, yeah. prior to the wedding, you're just like, oh, let's just make a sweater for my dog. Well, he had to have a sweater. Yeah. He couldn't walk down the aisle naked. Okay. Right? I, I think dogs can be naked. That's okay. Whatever. I don't think so. I've heard that. Uh, not in this case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, and I talked about that earlier in the episode, um, and so my sisters walked down the aisle and then I came on down with my dad and beat Nick when we got to the front, uh, when I got to the front, mm -hmm. beat Nick started in on our special little skit that we had planned, which was just a weird idea that I, I had like a couple weeks before the wedding. Hey, mm -hmm. we should do this. And we tried, we, we wanted to get your brother Eli to do it, but he had already promised to be the photographer. He ended up not making it at all because of yeah. a family emergency, unfortunately. So, you know, you shopped it to your brother, Zach, and he didn't want to do it. And he, he was still an enormous help, uh, helping with all the food Same and with stuff. my brother, Ian. Yeah. So we, I, I asked, uh, my friend Reeve Beatnik and, uh, he was all happy to do it. Um, if you've watched the video, he, he's a very fast talker. That's actually him talking slowly. Yes, so. it is. <laughs> he's, it is. He, he's a hyper guy. Yeah. But uh, it was great. He did the whole, uh, you know, Mawad. from the Princess Bride. <laughs> and uh, even when we were practicing, he kind of comes up. He's like, you know, this was like uh, Humperdinck, right? It was the bad guy that was uh, doing this. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's all a bit. <laughs> it's all a bit. It's yeah. all good. And uh, it, it went off It went off wonderfully, I thought. Everybody yeah. enjoyed it. And um, I have heard from at least one other person that they've been to other weddings where the, that was that was spoken. So I think people yeah. of our generation do like that. But yeah. it, it was a good way to, you know... With Beatnik, be, well, well, with Beatnik being up there at the podium and your dad walking down, it would have been awkward if your dad walked you down the aisle and then just kind of, like, you know, sidled up to the podium. So mm -hmm. it was a good way to swap out. Yeah, because Beatnik was also our announcer. So he, he announced us when we came in. And he told everybody to go and sit down yeah, and, by uh, the lake. Yeah, but, but once, yeah, uh, yeah so he kind of herded traffic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I took over duties later in the night. I was mm -hmm. just like, all right, let's, you know, tell everybody yeah. it's time to cut the donut. But mm -hmm. then after the skit, Beatnik handed mm -hmm. off the mic to my dad. Who was very emotional. Yes, and so that's what a, a lot of people didn't know who watched the live stream. So They thought he was just a pastor or something who was sick. <laughs> yeah, who was yeah. sick. And what was actually happening was my father was doing the ceremony, and I'm going to cry. <laughs> so as soon as he started talking, he started choking up. And my dad is an extremely loving, gentle, but fierce individual and... Uh, you know, he's in his 70s now, but he is very protective of me. And one of the things that I absolutely adore is that he's been telling all of his friends prior to our marriage that he likes you. And he's, of course, he never said that about my first husband. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I just, it, oh, it just made me glow to think that, you know, I've made my dad happy and secure in knowing that that he likes the man that I've chosen to be my life partner. And anyway, so dad started choking up. So 
In one hand, I'm holding Jeremy's hand, and in the other, I reached across the podium and I held my dad's hand throughout the ceremony until the exchange of rings. Mm -hmm. And by that time, I was so choked up, I was crying horrendously, and Jeremy's eyes were very bright, and he was standing very stiff and everything. Somebody has to keep it together during (laughs) all this. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at the front, and you're just, (laughs) woo-hoo! And... So uh, I'm, I was actually grateful that the only words I had to speak the whole ceremony was, I do. I didn't have to repeat after him or anything because I don't think I could have. I was crying right. so much. Well, and we had floated the idea of uh, writing our own vows, but um, we wanted a quick ceremony. Yeah. And I, I imagine had I written my own vows for you, it would have come off something like, babe, I love you more than chicken wings. You're so groovy. <laughs> and it, it probably wouldn't have been uh, the nice formal speech but it that would, But it would have been amazing because everyone who knows you knows how much you adore chicken wings. So They are great. Yes. That was the one thing I missed when I went vegetarian for about a year. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there's no substitute for real chicken. No, there is not. Just like there's no substitute for you. Oh, thank you, baby. You're the real deal. Yes, that's right, babe. Yeah. Ain't no fake here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after the ceremony, uh, we walked out and we got, we were like, okay, well, what do we do now? Because we're supposed to be back. We kind of circled around the entire building. Yeah, because we just walked around the entire building because. We had to like, walk. Yeah, we had to walk away from the uh, seats and, you know, kind of go off. And um, so we just kind of sat out front and people like walked back up to go inside to the clubhouse. And we were just hanging out up there and, you yep. know, waving. <laughs> and everybody was giggling and it was yeah. really wonderful. So well, we were we, holding, can- holding hands and making kissy faces. So, yeah. Um, and so we walked back around. The building back to where we got married because that was right beside the lake where we wanted to do all of our pictures. Which, by the way, I didn't mention this. So, Jeremy mentioned earlier that my brother Eli, my older brother Eli, was going to be our photographer. And he had a family emergency um, like three days? No, a week. Uh, it but, was, uh, I think. No, it was five days. It, it was, was like five, five days. Five out. days before the wedding, uh, which meant he had to cancel the trip up here, which... That in itself made me very sad. Yeah, you don't. You, you want all your siblings. To I be I was so I wanted another family picture, and you know it, it was made me very sad that my brother wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So we had five of the six siblings there in the end, uh, which still made me happy. But you know, well, um, we we can always go back and Photoshop him in, like yeah. the screaming cowboy. You there know, you go, just in the background. <laughs> Yeah. But also he was going to be our photographer and my brother is extremely talented as actually he's only recently moved to the new state that they're in now and he's already made a thriving business as a photographer down there. Very sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, so with five days to go, I don't know any photographers in Alaska besides from our friend that did our engagement photos. And she was, was terrific, but uh, she, she was, was booked, booked yeah. for our day. Like we knew she was booked months before. Yes. Yeah. And so I just put it out on Facebook that very night. Help! Yep. (laughs) I got so many recommendations, and I called about five different photographers. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was that night or the the day after. And all of them were free. It was amazing. So I had my pick of the litter, and I picked the one that not only did I like the pictures the best, but I liked her personality the best. She was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Nothing but positive things to, I don't, I don't remember her name. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, the, I, I know when we like had uh, the, the Facebook posting open, you know, we had our, our private group with everybody that was invited that you put the, uh, recommendation out for. 
And uh, I actually had some of my friends who have also gotten married. It's like, are you going to use so-and-so? Because I don't know if they're no. <laughs> just hear, hearing some feedback about some of these various photographers. But the one we got, uh, I hadn't heard anything bad about. And she no. turned out to be tremendous. Tremendous, yes. Very very fun, easygoing, you know, just yes. like knowing exactly what, you know, where who what to put where with who and you know well the lineup and stuff the reason she knew that is because well my brother eli had requested this too but she also requested that i make a list of every photo i wanted and who want who was going to be in that oh. photo and that's why you had your niece just, just shouting off all right now we gotta have exactly. the bride side with da, 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 da. yeah i had my niece miriam who's been on the show before she was in charge of ho- holding the very important papers like mm-hmm. the marriage certificate and my day planner, which had all of the, all of the particulars about the wedding, plus every single picture we were going to take. So she turned into like the assistant to the photographer, and it worked out perfectly. It we got every well. I'm thinking we got. I I need to check our email, honey, because I I think she was going to have our pictures to us this week. So we'll have to look. Yeah. I mean, the ones that she sent along already are just terrific, mm-hmm. which you can see on the website. They're intermingled with just some photos that we or our friends took throughout the ceremony and, and reception. But anyway, so that was the portion about the ceremony. Now we need to be quick about the reception part because we still need to talk about our honeymoon. Okay. So reception, uh, we walk in, everybody's already been eaten. We ordered a bunch of uh, little lunch kits mm-hmm. because, because COVID. Because COVID. So we didn't want like a buffet. We didn't want people like, you know, swapping utensils. So we went with a local deli, and they put together a bunch of nice little boxes with sandwich wraps, salads, uh, noodle salads, cookies. I mean, soda. Mm-hmm. They provided it all, and there was a ton. Now, I think we we actually, a couple days, like maybe a week before the wedding, upped the number because we had a lot of people RSVP. As usually happens, not everybody who RSVP showed. Only half. Was it half? It felt like it was more than half, but I will say that... Uh, oh, you're right. It was more than half. We had 150 people RSVP, and we think we only got about... Like 85, 85 90? to 90, yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, for the amount of tables and stuff we had, that was just perfect. It was, mm-hmm. you know, all the tables and chairs, uh, everybody had a spot. It wasn't too crowded. It wasn't empty on the other side of the equation. Yep. I mean, it was, uh, it was just the right amount. But we did have a lot of extra food and drinks, so we ended up sending a lot home with our guests. And that was another wonderful thing. So you guys don't know this, but our friend Walter, who did the streaming, so the voice behind the camera throughout the entire YouTube video, he not only did that for us, but... He also provided the uh, alcoholic beverages. Which Jeremy and I do not partake in, but we know that, especially on his side of the family... Um, and friends. And friends. They they are all... They, yeah. You know, they like their beer and things like that. So we had beer, wine. Um, Prosecco? Prosecco's, I think, a kind of wine or maybe a kind of champagne. Sparkly wine, I think I, somebody said I really it was. don't know. Yeah. I know more about Heineken than you know, Yes, you do. Else. And then for my side of the family, we had every kind of diet soda. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a few, and a few non-diet sodas, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're diet soda drinkers. So we had a lot of that. Yep. And some the, of the brand Ice. Um we call them ices in mm-hmm. our family. We love those. They're and the fruit-flavored sparkly cider. I mean, sparkly drinks. Right. And that's where, uh, you know, your brother Zach and his husband Oleg were just terrific. They were oh, wow. the, yeah. They were kind of like, they, they took it upon themselves to help, like, bartend and stuff. And yeah. do drinks and uh, help out in the kitchen and, mm-hmm. you know, set everything up. And that well, was an enormous help. Without having any tra- traditional, like, chef training, my brother Zach is an honest-to-goodness chef. Yeah. He, 
And my brother-in-law, Oleg, his, Zachary's husband, is amazing in the kitchen as well. They come up with the most interesting things that, in my head, I'll be honest, half the time I don't think will work. Like they made that, what was that, a chicken loaf? Yeah, it was like rolled up chicken with spices and it looked a little uh, funky, but um, yeah, the, they said just fried it up in a pan. And, and it uh, was delicious. Yeah, it gave you some very mean breath though afterwards. Yes. I think there was a lot of garlic in it. But, you know, my brother uh, and brother-in-law, they met over in Hungary when my brother was living there. And so um, we have a lot of German in our blood, and hung- I'm not sure if we have any Hungarian in our blood or not, but my brother Zach learned to make those more um, Eastern um, recipes over there. So one, one of the things that my brother loves is being in the kitchen. He just loves it. He loves preparing food. That's one of the ways that he shows that he loves you, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was very apparent that my brother was there, um and and his and his husband they were they were wonderful yeah and uh we did our uh uh, first dance um which the music stopped after the first verse well yeah (laughs) it was i i had it hooked up to this extra phone i have and uh, i i just pushed play and i thought it would be fine but it started cutting out and uh the lady who worked at the clubhouse kind of shouted as we're dancing put it in airplane mode yep (laughs) and it was really funny because the first what is it, twirl that we did was right when the music cut out, right when you flung me out in a very dramatic and beautiful yep. fashion. Which which ruined our mojo. We actually practiced our first dance. Uh, the song was um, Faith of the Heart. If you uh, have ever seen the TV show Enterprise. We were trying to be super cheesy. It, it's a super cheesy song. And, uh, you know, we were just trying to get some, some groans and some eye rollings, which probably happened a little bit. But for uh, the most part, I think people just... They rolled with it. Yeah. And uh, soon after that, it was a Don Williams song that you liked yes, very much. And so that's, that's when other people joined us on the dance floor for a slow dance. Don Williams will be and always will be my favorite singer, mm-hmm. songwriter. So, yeah, you put on My Best Friend. Yep. So, and we we danced and sang to that. And there, and, and I, I was so enthralled with you that I literally didn't notice that other people had entered the oh, dance yeah. floor. It and was so. Neat. When it was done, I was looking around, and your parents were there. Your yeah. brother was yeah. there. Yeah. It was it was awesome. A whole bunch of friends were on the dance floor. It was really great. And so, <laughs> one thing that everybody seemed to have forgotten was the quote unquote cake cutting ceremony, which we kind of just did on the fly. We didn't have cake. No, we had donuts, and so we got a jumbo donut for us. And so I actually went into the kitchen in search of our jumbo donut because nobody was getting it. And so I got the jumbo donut, hollered for you to come over to the dessert table, and you had this knife that you'd scrounged up. Yeah, we had a, I actually own a wedding knife that I just got uh, in a weird, I mean, just, I ended up with it somehow. And Mm -hmm. I remember when you first moved in, uh, I I was like, what? You you were like, why do you have a wedding knife? But (laughs) but you had a smile on your face and a twinkle in your eye. You're like, what's going on here? But uh, I had forgotten to bring it, but it was a big donut, so... I just picked it up and stuffed it in your face. So instead of cutting the cake and feeding each other, uh, you know, a a piece, it was just a huge donut the size of, uh, I don't know, a seat cushion. Yeah. And uh, we just took big bites out of it. Yep. That was fun. And then we had the wedding bouquet throw. And the garter toss. And the garter toss. And what was amazing was my niece Miriam caught the bouquet and to tell you guys the truth, I was actually aiming for some of my friends that are my age that are still single. 
and that I am really confused as to why they are single. Um, <laughs> uh, I, in fact, tried to set both of them up uh, with multiple people at the <laughs> at the reception that night, didn't I, babe? Yep, you were on a mission. Uh, yep. Um, so my niece caught the bouquet, and then Jeremy did the whole garter thing, and his best friend Eric caught the garter. Yep, my groomsman, one of them. Which is actually who I was trying I was trying to set Eric up with one of my friends there. <laughs> so we'll see if that comes true. But it was it was a nice night. Um, at one point, like uh, somebody had messed with the audio on the. Uh, sound system oh, while music right. was playing so uh when uh, one i think of, it was one of my friend's daughters okay so he was having fun well and uh when uh one of the little ones had wanted to say something on the microphone i go in to turn it on and it made this feedback just huge shriek but it was like like right at 10 o'clock so mm-hmm. everybody just kind of took that as a sign to go home so that was that was yeah. actually pretty neat yep it's like all right well we're i guess we're packing up yep <laughs> and so sorry so Jeremy in his suit and me in my wedding dress and all of our friends and their fi- and family members in their finery. We just what took us, oh my goodness, from from ten a.m. to from three 10, p.m. ten to like almost three to set up. We had broken down in forty five minutes or less. Yeah, and but then at that point we were so exhausted and I could barely walk. I was yeah, limping. I was th- I was feeling the same thing, and so. Our my new brother in law John had so nicely decorated our car car yeah. and one of our other friends drew, drew some very unfortunate things on the rearview mirrors <laughs> and so that, John that that was just for us yes that was just for us uh, and so John was was like well I don't want the cops to pull you over so I'll follow you behind yeah they did the cans yep yeah. and they did the cans and everything so they got us home and we got a few things into the house but. And then we just collapsed. But then, like, 15 minutes later, we were wide awake. Yeah, I think it was just after, like, we were able to relax and uh, take in the day. Um, Didn't we open presents? (laughs) Yeah, we we watched the live stream. Yeah. And then we opened presents, and then I still couldn't get to sleep. And I was worried that it would rain or that somebody would steal all of the stuff out of the truck. So I went out and started bringing everything in from the truck. I I felt bad because I could, like, I was soaking my foot. I could barely walk. Yeah, but I was totally fine, my love. So we didn't get to sleep till four in the morning. We were up a long time. So that, my friends, is a very truncated version, even though it was 35 minutes long, of our wedding day. Yeah, and we'll talk. The honeymoon. It's when we took a trip, two weeks, a road trip. We started in Seattle, Mm -hmm. and we drove across many states. Mm -hmm. And ended up, well... Technically, we ended up in Colorado Springs, but we flew out of Denver to come home. So, this was the best trip I have ever been on. Really? And you've been to Europe? I know. Wow. Europe can't compare with the thing my own country first off seeing places i've always wanted to see, places that i would actually like to live one day, and also spending some real true quality time with people that we really love. Yeah, friends and family. Yes. So, we started off in Seattle and we got a rental car and and drove straight up to Jeremy's well with a stop off to Hobby Lobby. Um and a toy store. And a toy store it was called uh Bubacon in what what city Everett, was it? Washington. Okay. And they had a terrific collection of 
new and vintage toys like they had they had the exact same lunchbox that I had when I was a kid a transformers lunchbox mm-hmm. they they had all the old uh, He-Man figures mm-hmm. and, I mean, G.I. Joe. I really and, wanted to get you that lunchbox. I know, but it was like $35 and I'm not going to use that. That's just it doesn't. It's not meant to be used. It's meant to put up on the thing. And if we ever have a, a little one, uh-huh. they could use it. So. No, they won't use my lunchbox. <laughs> but they also had Care Bears and even had Care Bear keychains, like original ones. I was like, oh my gosh. And they had like a life-size R2-D2. Yep, and, uh, uh, which we got a picture of me by. Yeah. And some uh, Star Trek figures mm-hmm. in full size. It was neat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was just driving up to see my sister. We stopped and like I tried Panera Bread for the mm-hmm. first time because yep. we don't have one up here in Alaska. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was really good soup. Yeah. Really good soup. Yeah. And we so her his sister uh, lives in a little town on the border of Canada and she is a oh my goodness she she's a she, border she's agent a, she's a homeland security agent and she's agriculture That's so it. she uh makes sure that you're not trying to bring in any nectarines from uh Canada yep because we don't need that here in America no and she has a little small holding there with her husband John and they've got a mule two donkeys and a very old racehorse that was sent to be put down but, but it, my sister her. rescued it. It was yeah. a, a cart racer, mm-hmm. and it had like broken its back, and, and they, they it were just also, gonna... and also like one of its hind legs was also broken. Yeah. It was pretty much, yeah, it was really bad. But these were all kind of ornery animals, like, mm-hmm. like especially well, the the mule had the most character. Yes, although the miniature donkey, he he was a little stinker. Yeah, he was a real little stinker. He but, stepped on my clean shoes. I know, but yeah. Jess was just so surprised at how much they followed me and loved me, especially the racehorse, who apparently doesn't like anyone except for Jess. Mm-hmm. Well, your horse people, I think they can yeah. sense that. Yeah, and so, but what was really annoying to me because of the way I reacted but also really hilarious was is that one of the donkeys just fell in love with me and would follow me around and would um you know it it kind of nudge me but also tried it would tickle me with its whiskers and every time it tickled me I didn't even know because I was so focused on the racehorse I didn't even know the donkey was behind me and it would tickle me with it on my elbow and I would, you know, react over dramatically and would startle the poor thing. And it's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just, I don't know you're there. You're sneaking up on me. Well, and when you get startled, you tend to yell. I do. And, and throw up my arms. Yes. <laughs> I startle you're, easily. You're basically a Muppet. Yes, exactly. So we spent a blissful two days in the Billingham uh, slash the little tiny town that they live in area with our... So so Blaine is a small town, although there is a little bit of a harbor, but where we stayed, um, my sister and her husband were gracious enough to put us up in a hotel as a gift. It was the most amazing hotel. It was the Bellwether Hotel in Bellingham. It's right on the water there. Like, we had a little... Uh, Porch, balcony or balcony yeah. and like you know this, the best sunsets yeah oh and my gosh you could, you could two huge windows on uh, each corner and you know mm-hmm. so you have like uh, sweeping views of the water and king bed and then jetted tub with a little door that opens up so you can just sit and soak and watch the boats go by mm-hmm. and... it was oh my gosh the tub was so relaxing i took mm-hmm. two two baths while we were there because I couldn't help myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, and we stumbled across a, a yarn store when we were meandering around downtown Bellingham. So that was my first stop. And I can't even remember the name of the, the store. But... 
Uh, but we mainly just spent two blissful days with them, and then we headed out across the Cascadia Mountains. Cascadia, yeah. And yep. uh, it's a northern route that goes from uh, the area we were at towards Spokane. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not one that Washingtonians usually take. Like, <clears throat> my dad lived in Washington. He grew up there. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he'd never taken that route. You know, mm-hmm. they usually go south. It's a little quicker. and But it was a beautiful scenic drive, just mm-hmm. twisting through the mountains. And mm-hmm. um, except for one unfortunate park that had no restrooms. Oh, my gosh. That was... <laughs> I had to go so bad. <laughs> yeah, you were this close to doing it the uh, nature's way. Yes. But uh, fortunately, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. But um, it was it was a beautiful drive. Uh, the two towns that we really kind of fell in love with were uh, Winthrop. Mm-hmm. Which was, it was kind of, it had an old westy kind of like boardwalk downtown area. Yeah. With neat little shops. I bought a belt there. Um, I bought some earrings and a horse, uh, horse hair keychain. It was, that's absolutely beautiful. And a horse hair, hair barrette. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you tried to get me to uh, buy a cowboy hat. Not the first time on this trip that you tried. No, I tried multiple times. I came home with no such hat. No. Because they all look, they ended up looking strange on you i was like because i'm a city boy (laughs) put me in a ball cap and some sneakers but we loved winthrop everybody there was so kind and gracious and then we found out at one shop that we absolutely fell in love with that um there are actually quite a number of now this town only has about 320 people and there yeah. yeah and there is a lot of alaskans there and on top of that they get more snow than anchorage does and we get Oh my gosh, I think we get that? like 70 some odd inches and they actually got 80 inches or so yes. per, per year. So I, I in Washington, I'm sure it's a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't you know, stick around or turn into ice as much as it does here. But mm-hmm. um, that was a little surprising that so far south. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it's up in the mountains and mm-hmm. just a oh, pretty neat... much at high desert. We're like we're coming out of the mountains, but we're still at high elevation. Yeah. And soon after, well, maybe even. Yeah, that was pretty much when we were starting to feel like we were in high desert. I think, I think it was so. still kind of mountainy there, but once we got past uh, the next Twisp. town over, Twisp. Which, which we, we love, and we're going to name our next dog Twisp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we said the name like 200 times. I said, yep. This is Twisp. How is Twisp? I like Twisp. <laughs> but uh, that that's more of a, uh, it's down the road, but the, the Winthrop and Twisp are very close together, but Twisp is more of a uh, farming area. Yeah. Whereas... Uh, Winthrop is in the kind of in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, but once we got outside of Twisp, that's when like it started getting you know kind of drier, and mm-hmm. there were definitely some uh, burnt out areas from a wildfire that Washington had a number of years yeah. ago. A lot of dead trees. Mm-hmm. We picked up some pine cones because mm-hmm. you really wanted pine cones, even though those did not make it home because we kept finding better pine cones. Exactly. Um, but we weren't to know, so you know we had to, we yeah. had to prepare anyway. Um, and so the, the goal of that day was leaving Bellingham and making it to Spokane, uh, Washington slash, what's that place? Great Falls? No. Uh, Post Falls, Post Idaho. Falls, but Idaho. Uh, initially, like, we just kind of set a uh, trip course towards the Grand Coulee Dam. That's right. Which is the biggest concrete structure in the world, maybe, or mm-hmm. maybe just in the U.S. I'm sure in the Middle East they have something ridiculous, but, um, I think it's bigger than the, uh... The, the big dam that everybody knows about. In the, Nevada? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
And so we went to the Grand Coulee Dam, and unfortunately, the visitor center was closed that day. And they didn't do, like, when I was a kid, I went to this dam, and uh, they did a laser light show, and it was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of hoping we could do that, but we were too late in the season for the laser light show. Yes. Which was unfortunate. So we took lots of pictures, and then one of the things that is very was very important to me on this trip was that we collect postcards from every town that we made a stop in. Not that we stayed in, that we made a stop in. Which we didn't quite... We, 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 did the, we did for the most part. We, we did our best. And there's a good reason behind it. When I was a little girl, my grandparents, my mom's parents, so grandmas and papa, whenever they would go on trips, they would send us each individual postcards from wherever they were in the world. And those were so precious to me. I got so excited when I got them in the mail. So not only did I want to send postcards home during our trip, but I also wanted to keep postcards in a pristine condition um, for a scrapbook or a postcard book, memory book that, I, that I'm going to be creating soon. Um, I, I bought all the supplies. They've just all come in the mail. So I've got it all ready. I just need to sit down and organize it all. And so... In Cooley Dam or Grand Cooley Dam, was that the town? Because there's two well, towns. There's, okay, so there's the Grand Cooley Dam, there's Grand Cooley, and then there's Cooley City. It's kind of confusing. So we were in Grand Cooley, though. We were in Grand Cooley, I believe. We had to go to two different, uh, one different, one grocery store and two different gas stations to find postcards and they were often this little forgotten corner <laughs> yeah well and I, I that was a recurring theme it's like uh mm -hmm. especially outside of the tourist season like you really got to dig and i remember when we were in i think it was Coeur d'Alene like mm -hmm. you know it was the last stop gas station they had some dusty you know up exactly. in the corner uh postcards that, that we you were find in. Yeah. yes so we made it to spokane washington after eight i want to say yeah and we had a nice dinner we randomly, so I just went because we were starving, and our and the friend that we were going to stay with in Post Falls was still at work. So we're like, well, we got to eat, and of course we got to eat steak. Yeah. So I randomly picked a steak shop that we found. We had no idea exactly where we were. Now Spokane to me was really big and loud, and what was funny to me is that it's not much bigger population-wise than Anchorage. Uh, Spokane proper. The metro area is enormous. Enormous. But the actual city itself population is not much bigger than Anchorage. And so I was really overwhelmed by that. But the steakhouse was awesome. Well, and we had a terrific waitress. Uh, just She was she was so great. She and gifted us. She, uh, she gifted us a dessert. She yep. made recommendations. I think uh, mm -hmm. she didn't laugh at you when you ordered your steak. Well done. Yep. And actually it was good. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed my, like, I think I had a porterhouse or something. I don't mm -hmm. even remember. Her top sirloin. Yeah. But um, yeah, terrific steaks and uh, nice meal. And then uh, you know, we, we we got back in the car and we finished uh, the leg of the trip staying with my friend Josh in Post Falls, Idaho, which is like 15, 20 minutes away from Spokane. It's not mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all, it's like Spokane and Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls is in the middle. It's just this big, you know, blob of sprawling. Uh, house and stuff. Might as well be one city, honestly. Urban sprawl, yeah. Yeah. And we stayed two nights with Josh who... Okay, I won't talk about his house. Never mind. <laughs> well, it's huge. It yeah. was, uh, but I don't want to embarrass him. So. No, it's it's a very big house. But originally, it was a clubhouse uh, for the guy that built it. Like he, his house, the guy that built it, there was a house next door that he lived in, and then he built this clubhouse 
in this neighborhood so his friends could go and there's like a little theater in there. It's not a little. That that theater was big. Well, okay. To my it, it's, it's 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 big by home theater standards. Yes. It's small by theater theater standards. Um, you know, so it was and that's actually where he was sleeping and stuff. There was a bed mm-hmm. in the back, you know, and he mm-hmm. had his Xbox hooked up to this huge projector. Yeah. But uh, you know, this this clubhouse that uh he bought, it had a house built onto it. So you have mm-hmm. this this big area with like pool tables and a massive kitchen and you know, just room for like whatever you can think and a garage next to it, huge shop, and then like just this three or four bedroom house like that was built on it. Mm-hmm. So So they have two kitchens. Yeah, two kitchens, lots of room. It was mm-hmm. it was nice because uh, we we had uh, a little bit of privacy and uh, mm-hmm. you know and our... that beautiful front porch of theirs that I stole Josh's rocking chair. That's the thing about you. If there's a rocking chair on a front porch that's covered, I mean, you're just gonna grab your needles and kick back and just make something like. And cloth. what was so fun and interesting to me is that everyone. Uh, like they they even told me that they never come out on the front porch but because i was out there rocking away knitting everyone seemed to congregate yeah. out they they well, drifted out there I, towards yeah, me yeah and, and at one point i remember i was like where is everybody and then i heard from outside and i look and <laughs> there's everybody just kind of you know circled up around you as you're rocking away on the front porch i sat mm-hmm. on their teeny tiny little bench that's for their daughter yep and uh you know it was, so it was but it was so lovely to just yeah. be i mean cuz the 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 first day we were there we went into Spokane. And, and you found a knitting shop there that you didn't know was in Spokane. Paradise Fibers is there, guys. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. They and have... You spent a lot of time there. Well, there was a lot to explore. They yeah, had they had entire... a fabric room. They, they had some giant a... novelty needles that you could do a selfie with. Yep. Spinning spinning supplies, knitting supplies, and a lot, an, an entire warehouse that you could wander at will of fiber of all kinds. <laughs> And so you just say what kind of fiber you want. They you and you take it and take them to take it to. Huh? You point out the fiber they want, and and then you tell them how much weightage you want. And I, so I just got four ounces of yeah, Corey. and they hand over what looks like to me a bag of cotton candy. Yep, yeah. exactly, and it's just amazing. So it's like a candy store. Um, so I just got fiber there though. I was yeah. really surprised at myself that I only got fiber at Paradise Fibers, which is funny because that's in their name, but. Yeah. What was striking to us is how much we disliked the traffic. Yeah, but downtown was fun. Downtown was fun. We went to the Botanical Gardens, which is the Manitoba Gardens there. Which I Beautiful place. I mean, technically, it's out of season because we came in the fall, but it was so beautiful. Yeah, I guess they have a tulip festival there. Yeah. My my dad said he marched in a a marching band parade when he was a teenager because he played trumpet uh, from... Quincy, Washington, which is a mm-hmm. East Washington town where he mm-hmm. grew up. So um, he made mention of that when we were visiting. And we, you wanted to go on the uh, overhead little, like, tram ride or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like heights, so I was ready to grin and bear it and not look down, but they were close for maintenance. Darn. <laughs> oh, no. And I kept on asking the lady at the counter, can you make sure they're not going to be open today? <laughs> she actually so, went and talked to the maintenance twice, guys. Twice. Yeah, she, twice. Was, she, she was very thorough. Yes. Um, so instead, we went on their carousel, and, and we that was some, really fun. Yeah, I'm wearing a shirt we got at the gift shop shop there yeah got a little big foot on it yep but uh yeah the carousel was neat um the uh the river with the dam pretty mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. and uh yeah they've, they've got a pretty neat downtown like it's you know a little confusing to get around but i think that's true of most downtown areas yeah. but 
after the day was winding down and we were heading back to Idaho, it was getting later in the afternoon, and that's when I started stressing out on the roads. I was because just because of like, the traffic. Well, and it it just seems like you know uh, there's there was a lot of road construction and Spokane's mm-hmm. traffic. You know, it. I'm sure if you're from there, it makes sense. But if you're not, it just seems confusing and yeah. needless. So, yeah. I don't know. So, we actually decided that that was not where we ever wanted to end up. On. Well, yeah. One of the caveats of this uh, trip was like, you know, if we ever left Alaska, where would we move? Well, I mean, Montana was at the top of the list. And mm-hmm. we'll get to that later, uh, the mm-hmm. places we visited. But, you know, Spokane was, a well, maybe, you know, similar to Anchorage mm-hmm. in uh, population size. Uh, they have winter, I think, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, we, we def- struck it off our list. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty quickly removed from contention. But Winthrop has been added to our list. So yeah, the, neat, the neat little towns of, I don't know if I could live in a town of 300. I mean, like I had more people in my graduating class in my high school. So yeah, that's just, that's, I know. Yeah. I, and I had four in my graduating class. So there you go. Okay. Um, so the set after the second sleep, the, our friend Josh had the day off, and so he and his girlfriend took us to. Uh, I think it's called Bell's. Bell's, okay. Which I think, which I keep thinking in my head of Bell's Nursery here in Anchorage. That's so why it, I remember it. Yeah, and, and but it also messes me up. And Jeremy and Josh had the best coffee. That am I right in saying is the best oh, yeah. you ever had? It was. It's called Fancy Coffee. I looked it up. It's just brown sugar, cinnamon, and a scoop of some cold homemade cream, mm-hmm. and it was magnificent. Best mm-hmm. cup of coffee ever. Yeah, and you're you're a black coffee guy. You don't, I don't like the. Trimmings. I don't like sweet. I barely do cream, although I'm coming around on the breves. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's it was it was so good. Mm-hmm. And so um, after a delicious breakfast, they took us into Coeur d'Alene. Well, which was actually, also wonderful. Which we got, we got separated because we needed to leave straight from Coeur d'Alene onto our next stop. Um, on our journey. So they drove separately from us and we got separated somehow. So we went to a soap shop that which, we had agreed upon that, mm-hmm. and we found a spot right out front, which was mm-hmm. cool. And so I got some soap for our, for my yarn baskets, uh, and tubs and also for our sock drawers and things like that. Cause that's what I use to keep the pesky pests away. Silly me thinking we'd use soap for soap. No, it's not the fancy, lovely smelling soap. I see. Yeah. Um, and then when our friends caught up with us, we meandered around the downtown um, and slowly made our way over to the boardwalk, boardwalk the, and the, the lake. lake. Gorgeous. Yeah. And they and we saw a sign that said that they Coeur d'Alene has the was it the longest boardwalk in the world or I just think the so. U.S. I, well. Probably the U.S., I mean, maybe the world, but again, I'm sure the Middle East has something yeah. huge, because that's so of course, Dubai. I'm always thinking of Dubai. Yeah, I know. It's like, if it's big, it's in Dubai, because they got all that oil money. <laughs> and so, of course, we took that as a challenge, though. So we to had walk it, yeah. To walk the entire thing. Uh, and so we had a great time doing that, and they have this interesting way that the boats get out. So they're, they built a bridge over the area that the boats leave the harbor from so you kind of walk up the spiral staircase almost that looks like a castle yeah it's it it was neat yeah and it was a beautiful day like we Mm -hmm. had sunshine and stuff Mm -hmm. and by that time my bed leg was hurting so bad i could barely walk i was limping very badly but i didn't want to hold everybody up or make it you know a bad day and i knew we were going to be in the car for hours and hours so i was like i can rest my leg then emily just enjoy it and but um, it was getting close to the time we needed to leave, so the last stop we made was at a 
Um, it was an ice, ice cream, cream parlor. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell you the name. I just know it was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started seeing a lot of instances of maybe the diner uh, from breakfast, but uh, a lot of uh, that area really is all about Huckleberry everything. Yes, Huckleberry. Huckleberry jam, Huckleberry mm-hmm. tea, Huckleberry ice cream, which I tried because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Yeah. But uh, the ice cream you had, I think, was better. Yes, it, it was. It was a peanut butter cup or something. Yes, it Which was. you always get. I get mint mostly. I get the mint mostly. That's true. Yeah. But I eat most of your mint ice cream because... Caring and sharing. Yep. And then we hit the road. And where where did we hit the road to that day, my love? Missoula. Yep. Missoula, Montana. The first big city as you drive in. Uh, we were driving through the north, I don't know if it's called the Panhandle, but the, mm-hmm. the northern part of Idaho, which is real skinny. It looks like a French fry. So mm-hmm. we made it through that pretty quickly and um, it was nice. But then we definitely noticed that, you know, it was getting more arid, more dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for some reason, somebody had told us that Missoula might not be our scene. Because it's so, mostly for like white water rafters and stuff. Yeah. And so we thought to ourselves, okay, well, maybe we should just eat dinner there and move on to Butte, Montana, which has a little bit more history, at least in what I'd researched. And that might be more to our liking. So so we had dinner in Missoula at then, uh, some restaurant. A I, club thing. Yeah. And they, they gave me the wrong wrap and I really wanted the, the wrap I ordered. So, mm-hmm. you know. So we waited extra time for that. but Oh, uh, and you gambled. And then I gambled. I had $5 that I put in the machine and I had it on the 20 cent uh, run. And the second time I hit, I won $18.20 on top of the $5 that I'd put in. So after two whirls of the button or whatever, we, all right, you're up. Let's go. Yep, we were done. <laughs> we, you know? were, we were only there a minute in yep. the little casino area next to the restaurant. And it was so funny because everybody was staring at us like, yeah. you just got here kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I was like, late people. You got to know when to fold them, right? We're going to fold up and go to Butte. Yes. So Jeremy had done the research on trying to find us a hotel in Butte. And when you don't know a place, you kind of just always gamble. And unfortunately, we chose the hotel that freaked me out in Butte. It was the Travel Lodge, wasn't it? It was the Red Roof. Oh, the Red Roof something. Hotel or Red Roof Inn. It's right off the highway. Please don't ever go to it. Uh, I gave it horrible reviews. The 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 man at the counter was absolutely lovely. All right, he was he was a Ari. wonderful man. He was wonderful. And he he was very. He actually he he tried to help. He's yeah. oh, you're on your honeymoon. Let me give you a, a nice room, secluded. You know, third floor, back of the hotel. Well, back of the hotel there meant it was you know facing the interstate. So it was and noisy. that floor, half of that floor was like the carpet was ripped up, like they were replacing yep. it. And our bed linens did not appear clean. Now, my my guess is that room was like at one point clean, but maybe sat not used for a while. Mm -hmm. So by the time we got there, there was like hair and dust on the bed sheets and the window was open a crack and it was just... I thought it was bed bugs though. I I looked super close. Nothing was crawling. But I couldn't do it. Like I, I, I was so tired. Um, But at the same time, I was like, honey, we have to find somewhere else to stay. So I was, you know, girding up my loins, my strength and my, you know, my uppityness, if you will, to go downstairs and tell Ari that we needed our, our money back and to go to another hotel. Well, instead, Ari uh, said, oh, well, here, let me find you a better one. And it was on the first floor, just about three doors down from the front desk. Everyone on the first floor was very loud. Um, 
But it, it was a cleaner room. It was a cleaner the, room. The beds were clean. This room had a little mini fridge, which you know we had leftovers and yep. insulin and stuff. And uh, for my peace of mind, we could. It was on the other side of the building, so we could see the rental car from our window. Yes. So that was that was you know. But at the same time, I. I told Jeremy not to get out of the clothes he was wearing. I refused to get out of the clothes I was wearing. And we were out of there the next morning by 7.30 a.m. All the clothes that we had worn the night before, we put in a special bag that was separate from all of our other dirty laundry. You were not having uh, it. No. And those beds, which they said were queen, those were not queen beds. Oh, my gosh, no. Yeah, I we, actually we had, had to switch to, yeah. the, uh, to a different bed because I felt bad. We were sleeping on top of each other in one bed, so you just yeah. switched so we could get some rest. Yep. I think I maybe slept two three hours that night i got about six i mean yeah. I, was, I was tired enough it's like mm-hmm. you know it's a, we're here for sleep and a shower so but i'm very you know me i'm very meticulous about our like all of our bedding gets washed every single week right yeah. and everything yeah. and then, so i just couldn't handle it um so since we were up early we were up early enough to take the hike around the butte which is their mountain there which is also, you said, an extinct volcano. Yeah, I looked it up, and um, basically you drive up, and at the base of this mountain, which is pretty high up, there's a, a ring around it that you can hike, and it's, mm-hmm. what, it take an hour? It took an, uh, Yeah, it took an hour because I kept, my bad leg kept on seizing up on us, so we had to keep stopping for yeah. me to... And it was it was beautiful, but also like you're, we were pretty high up. I mean, we live at pretty much sea level. Sea level. So yeah. like going up there, we were wheezing pretty good. We're not exactly young pups either, mm-hmm. and uh, so we you know we're we're taking our time going around. Eventually, this lady and her dogs comes up, and <laughs> you know we tell her, "Hey, yeah, we're on our honeymoon." She's like, "And you came to Butte?" <laughs> like she she was totally incredulous that that happened. But we got to watch the sunrise. We got quite a few beautiful pictures of Yeah, of you, could, you could see the town. Uh, to get up there, you kind of drive through the uh, historic Butte area. The but, old mining part. Yeah, of... oh, well, and Butte's a mining town, which mm-hmm. I guess means that their water and air quality isn't that great. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it also has history. We went to a, uh, after the mountain. Monument. Uh, the monument. We got, we got breakfast. Yes. And uh, at a really cool, was it Annie's? I think so. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, just a, a local diner full of locals. You know, you got. It seems it, no matter where you go in America, you'll find that uh, that one table that's two tables put together and just a bunch of old guys just shooting the crap. Yep. And you I know. was totally people watching and listening yeah. to their conversation, and mm-hmm. they were all talking about what they were going to do after breakfast. And one of the gentlemen said that they were going to go up to the farmers market, and I turned to Jeremy and said. <gasps> We're yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. I had the taco omelet. I remember mm-hmm. that. You had orange juice that was bigger than your head. That was a good orange juice. It was like mm-hmm. a big beer stein full of orange yes. juice. And so after we had breakfast, we um, took the car back up Main Street to the, the farm. monument. No, no, no. To the farmer's, the farmer's market. market. Did we do the monument after? Yeah. Okay. And so we, w- the first booth that we came to was a beautiful lady. I think her name was Leanne, I think. But she had the most interesting earrings. She made them all herself. They were like tiddlywinks in which they had little uh, images on them of different animals. And one of them looked uncannily like Watson. Yeah, if he was better groomed. But yes, yes, you found your dog in earring form and Mm -hmm. had to have them immediately. Yep. So we purchased them. 
And then we wandered on. We we tasted the local apples, the local pears. Yeah, that was great. Just these teeny tiny little apples, mm-hmm. you know, like give them a quarter, you get a tiny apple, and yep. it tastes better than anything we can get at the grocery store because exactly. we live in Alaska. They were delicious. Yeah. And we were full. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and then our last stop was at this little, this farmer's stand, and he had a bunch of vegetables. And I just um, – so Alaska carrots are very well known. I would hope you would know this. But we have probably one of the sweetest carrots around. And Sweet, but usually small. Yes. And the reason is, is because carrots always, the, the sugars always intensify after the first frost. And of course, ours comes pretty intensely. And so our carrots are usually lovely and sweet and tender. It's just absolutely wonderful. And in my grocery store, I only buy Alaska grown carrots. Um, but so I wanted to try the local carrots to see what they were like. And so I bought the first bunch of carrots and then we were just talking to the farmer and his son. And I think you mentioned honey that we were on our honeymoon. No, it was, I was kind of sitting off to the side and you said, Oh, I'm on my honeymoon. And then he pointed at me and I'm like, Oh, time to get up. And oh, okay. I came over and, uh, he actually gifted us a second batch of carrots as, mm-hmm. a, as a gift, which was and, very thoughtful. And this was all very, um, much patternistic of, what went on during our honeymoon when people heard that we were on our honeymoon uh, people were just so gleeful and so giving um like gifting us food gifting us um like upgrading our accommodations the three nights that we stayed in hotels um so uh and just everybody was so excited to see honeymooners. In fact, I kind of winked at Jeremy at one point and said, the next time we go on a trip, we're telling people we're on honeymoon. Well, we can't go to the same towns. No, but yeah. But, yeah so, but we won't We won't do that. We're honest people. But still, uh-huh. it, it was really funny the way that everyone was gushing over us. It was, it was lovely. Um, so the last stop we made in Butte, we wanted to go see the miners... Um, Miner's Monument of the over a hundred men were passed away back in 1917, was it, I think? It was It was about a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. It was over a hundred workers. It was a collapsed mine. 168. There yeah. it is. Okay. Oh, was it that many? I yeah. thought it was like 138. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, it was, they have a big mine there. And uh, so uh, in this spot where you can look down and see the mine in its entirety, they have a monument for all those workers. They have... Uh, copies of like some of the letters that they wrote to their wives and stuff, knowing that they would perish. They had recordings of, I mean, there was the one last known survivor. Yeah, the yeah. last known survivor, and uh, this is uh, a big part of the town's history. And it was, mm-hmm. it, it was, uh, it was pr- a pretty somber moment. Yes, but, very sobering. Yeah, but but also I started sneezing. I think it was like all the particulate in the air from yeah. the, from the mine, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was our last stop. I mean, except for I think we went to a Safeway or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, that was the last part of Butte that we checked out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, except for the hotel, I like going there. It was a neat town with a lot of character. It's not as like shiny as Coeur d'Alene or as big as Billings, but um, I, I really enjoyed staying there the day we did. Yeah, I agree. And so from Butte, we actually traveled on to Billings, Montana. Which is the biggest town in Montana. I think like 100,000 people or something yeah. proper. And 90 I, degrees. Yeah, 90 degrees. But I felt quite at home there. I felt like it was like Anchorage, the way the roads were, the traffic and everything. It just felt 
and even the homes, the, the there moms, were a couple neighborhoods that looked like neighborhoods from here. It yeah, was, it was which just, is not saying a lot because <laughs> oh, you of, got split levels and strip malls, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Anchorage is pretty darn ugly when it comes to our architecture. Let's just put it that way, especially for residential arch- architecture. We aren't we aren't highfalutin here. But um, they also had some very nice Portland-esque uh, neighborhoods. Neighborhoods, that we found yes. In Billings, Billings yes. was nice. Uh, we stayed at a very nice hotel that night, and they upgraded was, us as well for free. Yeah, which was a welcome change from the uh, red roof hellhole, mm-hmm. and um, it was had its own kitchen, kitchenette, big walk-in bathroom, mm-hmm. just like uh, you know, miles better. And uh, but, the, the guy who checked us in, he was from Fairbanks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. So an Alaskan was like, "Hey, yeah." Yep. And by the time we got checked into our rooms, it was three o'clock. And I was like, oh, I'm curious as to what yarn stores are there. And I came across the listing for the yarn bar, which closed at four o'clock. So Jeremy, by this time, he, he he was in charge of driving that day, but he was exhausted. So I was just like, you just stay on the bed. I'm going to go to the yarn store. Big mistake, guys. Never, I mean, never let Emily loose in a yarn store without supervision. <laughs> but uh, so I went over to the yarn bar and I had the best time. I'm not going to tell you the things that I bought, although I talked about them earlier in what's on the couch um, segment. I talked about a few of them, but I'm going to do a separate se- uh, segment all about the yarn that I bought on our trip. Um, so I spent a good hour there uh, and um, really enjoyed my time with them. You guys need to look up the yarn bar on the Internet. You will not regret it. So after I got all my treasures from the yarn bar, uh, Jeremy, it was time for dinner. So I went back and picked up Jeremy and we went over to the Cracker Barrel, which Jeremy had never tried. And I really liked because it's not country fancy. Cooking. It's yeah. country cooking. And good prices. Like we mm-hmm. ate ourselves silly and we walked out like $30. It was yeah. great. I got the chicken pot pie, which they made fresh for me, which meant that my chicken pot pie was so hot it burned my mouth. So I actually couldn't eat my meal. We had to take it back to the hotel, and I ate it, what was it, two hours later when it finally cooled down? <laughs> Fortunately, I got the sampler. Yep, and so I got to eat off of his, yeah. um, and then dumplings were amazing. Chicken and got. dumplings were good. My favorite was the country ham. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, and so we really enjoyed that, but that by that time, we were just really tired, and we so we went back to the hotel, watched a little TV. I started on Jeremy's uh, socks, or Mr. Radio socks, as I'm calling them. And <laughs> we went to sleep. And that bed, though, was so bouncy. I felt like I was on a trampoline. Like, every time you moved, I felt like I was going to be bounced off the bed. <laughs> but well, it was comfortable. And uh, part of that's my fault. Uh, sometimes when I'm, like, really sitting on one side too long sleeping, I'll just do a flip where I don't even, like, put my hands down. I just kind of flip my body. Well, that bed was so bouncy. Like, I think you left it. When I did a flip in the middle of the night. Yes. And that's why you was like, what's going on? Stop that. <laughs> it was funny. Um, and so the next morning we decided that we wanted to do two things before we moved on. So we, oh, I forgot. After the Cracker Barrel, we did drive around and see the neighborhoods. We specifically wanted to see the historical neighborhoods. Yeah, and so, that's, that's where yeah. we saw some of the houses. You're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is like Portland, which yes. I guess is a good thing. So Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever want to live in Portland again, and I don't want to live in that big of a city again. But I do love the house architecture in Portland. So mm-hmm. that was really nice. Billings in um, general had a nice feel to it it really did so the two things that we really wanted to do was the billings zoo or the montana zoo and we wanted to go to oh my gosh i caught pike's peak in my head um pillar 
Oh, Pillar of... Not Pillar of the Gods. Uh, no. Pillar. Pompeii Pillar. Pompeii Pillar. Yeah. So, you tell about the zoo, my love. Well, we, we went to the zoo. A little confusing getting in. Everybody was uh, getting a duck. A rubber duck. I guess they do a uh, floating of the rubber duck. It's a fundraiser. I think the Shriners are involved. So... For $5, you get a duck, and you get into the zoo, and you float a duck, and I don't know, maybe you win a prize or something if your number's pulled. We we, we just went for the animals. One of the things that was a little surprising, Montana Zoo, not that big. Pretty comparable to the zoo we have here in Alaska, which by zoo standards is small. But um, we still had a good time uh, checking out, like, there were farm animals, you know, tigers, Mm -hmm. the wolves were howling. Um, That was so amazing to listen to the wolves calling back and forth to each other. I loved that. And I think the the one that I liked the most was uh, there was the guy who was like kind of hanging out and feeding one of their porcupines. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see porcupines up here all the time, although sadly it's usually as roadkill. But, yeah. you know, the, this guy was like talking to the little porcupine, going, oh, Miss May, or whatever yeah. her name was. Yeah, it's just snack time. And like, you know, there the was a The small... porcupine was literally interacting with him. It was yeah. like a dog. It was neat. Especially because when the man tried to leave once... The porcupine literally trailed after him, and it was so cute the way it waddled, and the pines were going back and forth. And the guy even pet the porcupine. Yeah, the I guess you, you just got to pet him right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so the guy noticed that the porcupine was scratching at the door that he had gone through. So he came back out and and stayed some more. It was it was really amazing. Uh, in that, did you notice that they had an owl in that same yep. pen? Yeah. yeah, strange bedfellows. Yeah. Um, but we really love the, the sensory garden there at the Billings. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you go to a zoo, you don't expect this beautiful garden. But uh, mm-hmm. that was one of the highlights was just this beautifully manicured garden, very peaceful. And honestly speaking, we had the animal portion of the zoo practically to ourselves. Like, just a handful of other people yeah, because wandered every, away. Everybody from... was there for the ducks. Yep. And yep. We, we talked to the guy in the gift shop, and that was a very, very busy day for them usually. But was... he was very excited about it. He's just like, I, like, I just love seeing that people are finally here. Yeah. So, oh, I guess after COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So we finished at the zoo and we went out to Pompeii's Pillar, which took us on a detour from where we needed to go, which was Casper, Wyoming was our next stop. Well, and originally we had planned on driving from Billings all the way to our uh, friends in Fort, Fort Collins, Collins, but that's like eight hours. Mm-hmm. And we decided, no, let's, let's chop it in half. Let's, let's, and let's go to go and stay in Casper for a day. And, mm-hmm. uh, but Pompeii's pillar was amazing. But we did struggle. I particularly struggled because not only was I struggling to breathe in that high altitude, but we were climbing, I don't even know how many stories you would say. Yeah. And my bad leg was in agony uh, by the time we were only halfway up. So when I say my bad leg, in case you guys don't remember, I had cancer when I was 19. So I don't have a, a major muscle in my thigh. Actually, I don't. On my right side of my my outer thigh of my of my right leg is completely gone, so it goes straight to bone, and then I have a kneecap replacement, and so it's, um, you know, I've always limped, I've always had a little bit of difficulty, but the last four months, I go on a walk and my calf and my bad leg will literally seize up within three or four blocks, and it is incredibly painful, and so usually what happens is we go for our walks and. About four or five times throughout our walks, we have to pause, and I lean on Jeremy, and I squeeze my calf muscles to try and loosen them up so I can keep walking. So 
by the time we got halfway up this thing, I was in a lot of agony, but I was determined. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going all the way to the top. And it was well worth it, huh, honey? It was a, a stunning view. Um, the, the main attraction of this place, <clears throat> it was when uh, Lewis and Clark, when they were doing their expedition with Sacagawea, mm-hmm. um, they split up and I think it was Clark that had mm-hmm. engraved his name there. Yep. And it's, they built canoes there. They traded with the Indi- the local Indians there. Um, and they, they kind of hung out there for quite a while and he literally carved his name into Pompeii pillar before they left. And so that's one of the, I don't know if it's the only place that you can actually still see physical evidence of their passage, but it's the only one that I know of. So it was very important for me to see. Yeah. And it was, uh, a neat little, you know, you climb up the rock, you you look at the view, you look at the signature and you can see a view of like the river that goes by, but then they have a little visitor center with like many movies and, you know, life of life size figurines of the historical characters. Very well done. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was great. And, uh, the, uh, again, climbing thin air, just, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not used to that part of the country. But because we were, we, because we had gone past where we needed to go to get to Casper, Wyoming, we had to backtrack. And so, uh, we, we, the, the road that it took us on, on was a backcountry road. And we did about, was it, did we figure we did about eight miles of gravel road? Yeah. I mean, the, we plugged it into the phone and it's like, oh, this way, it's the shortest route. Okay. Well, we did. Well, after a few miles, uh, through like farm country, it turns gravel and we're going, I mean, the rental car was fine. We got Mm -hmm. an SUV, so it was Mm -hmm. no big thing other than the car got filthy with dust, Mm -hmm. but, uh, eight miles on bumpy roads to get to the next, you know, interstate so we could go, uh, to Wyoming. Yes. And so just so everybody knows, like before we get into our Wyoming portion, I am rather confused as to why everybody says Wyoming is so ugly. I found it fascinating and I feel like you did too, for the most part. I, yeah, I liked it. I'd been there once before. It was on a road trip when I was a teenager. And uh, all I remembered from it was, you know, just from the perspective of the interstate. And uh, it seemed kind of dull at the time. But uh, I imagine living there would be dull. But as as an well, it's, adventurer, it's, it was it's low population. Yeah. It's not very built. It's, you know, there's not a lot of amenities. It's a mm-hmm. very, it's a very low key place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the town that we first stopped in, Sheridan, we liked. Oh my gosh, Sheridan was amazing. I yeah, love Sheridan. Nice, nice little uh, drag downtown. Uh, is that where we, where you got the sandwich you didn't like? Yeah, you had to yeah. finish it for me. We went to a little diner in their downtown area and, uh, you know, I thought it was good food. Uh, Emily tried something different and didn't work out for her. It always happens with me. I ask the waitress or the waiter what they would recommend, and if I go with their recommendation, for the most part, I am usually very disappointed. I never seem to like what they recommend. So stop asking people what they think. Well, it worked at one of the places in Fort Collins, remember? Yeah. So, um, but, so we, so we were, we drove all day. Well, not all day. I think we got to Casper by about six, I think. Yeah, it was like early evening. It was mm-hmm. dinner time. The hotel was neat. Um, like the lobby looked like a small mall. 
Yeah, it did. And uh, they had like a lot of like Western themed stuff. And they had uh, a theater. They had an indoor yeah. pool that was like right in the lobby. It seemed like, even though we never actually saw it, but you could hear it and smell it. Yeah. And uh, the you know, it was a six story hotel. Yep. So I think it was technically the biggest hotel we stayed at during mm-hmm. our trip. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave us you know because because we were on our honeymoon, uh, they decided to uh, give us like coupons for food and drinks at the bar. And which, they upgraded us to an executive suite, which. Good room. I mean, not as nice as the one we had in Billings, but nope. still a, a fine room. You know, mm-hmm. good view. Uh, you know, it was a big. That was the most comfortable bed I think we stayed in because it yeah. was a king size bed, but it wasn't so bouncy that I could launch you into the air from exactly. the other side. Yeah. And uh, no, honey, the Bellingham bed was the best. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was this, that was a good that one. was the second best. But Casper I, was the second I, best. I, I felt like the one in Casper was a bigger bed. I don't know. No, could have been, could have been. So uh, we we had dinner because we didn't really want to explore Casper too much. We were just you know tired from the road again. So we had dinner in the bar, and this this one lovely woman who was bartending slash getting all the food uh, because their restaurant is closed down for COVID and they're only serving food in the bar. She kept having to like leave and go all the way across the hotel lobby to the other side to get people's orders. Mm-hmm. But um, it was good. Pub grub. Yeah. And she made me... An alcoholic beverage that you yes, liked. Which, uh, since I hadn't eaten the lunch, I'd only had two bites of the lunch, mm-hmm. um, and I don't drink... Um, Just a few sips, did you? And, uh, yeah, I was tipsy. But we, yeah. we loved talking to the, everybody that was in the bar. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. We did skedaddle when the tour bus people got there, though. Yeah, we talked so. to a guy who didn't want to be referred to as a trucker, but drove trucks. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he was he he'd been to Alaska because you know he'd worked up here. So yeah, he we, drove the ice roads even. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was it was neat. Uh, you know, just a neat experience. Like uh, I watched a little bit of the football game, but uh, that kind of depressed me because my fantasy football team wasn't doing well. But that's yeah. you know that, that's neither here nor there. I wasn't really paying attention to it because we were on our honeymoon for crying out loud. Yeah. And so the next morning, we thought we would try and explore Casper, but I'd also saw that Independence Rock was about 30 miles outside of town. And I thought to myself, well, that was a major stopping point on the pilgrimage west for the, the people who did, you know, who who traveled westward to, to explore new cities, do, you know, the gold rush people and everything like that. The pilgrims, you know, westward ho. And so... I told Jeremy I really want to go to Pilgrim's Rock and I don't really see much around Casper that's really grabbing my attention. So he's like, all right, let's go. And he didn't know what it was, really, did it's you? It's a big rock that looks like a cow patty. It does. But you but you didn't know that it was part of our, an important part of our history. Nope. Yeah. And so we went out there and let me tell you, that drive actually was really boring. So flat, long stretches of just straight roads There's between two off to the huge... side on the left you've got cows yep. off to the right you you've got, got cows. more cows maybe some antelope and two of the biggest ranches i think we came across our entire trip yeah i think one of them was a cooperative with, with one of the the tribal lands there or something like that is what we were reading um but we got out to independence rock and if you don't know this was one of the places that the pilgrims would stop because it was um, kind of like a beacon that you were halfway through your journey and um, many of them carved their names into the rock and uh, I think it's because as you're heading west it's very very flat and then this is one of the first, first big formations that you yes, see. Yes exactly and but unfortunately they had it um, gated off. Gated off 
so even though there were signs everywhere saying, we invite you to explore. And yeah, climb. climb on it. Well, the gate says otherwise. Yeah, and we were even afraid that the gate might be electrified, too. So, yeah. so we weren't able to get very close. I tried to get a few shots of some of the signatures in the rock, but but there was no visitor center. There was nothing really there to even mark that it was there. And I was really disappointed. And our friends told us in Fort Collins that Wyoming has this reputation where they don't like taxes. And taxes is what funds things like visitor centers. So, of course, you're not going to have a visitor center there. And I was like, well, that's really disappointing. This is one of the of an extremely important monument in American history. And we have nothing except for a few signs, not even the signs on the road. Uh, there weren't any signs that, that even pointed you if our GPS hadn't been working, which for most of that ride, it it was, we were out of cell service, but um, I guess it had downloaded the map previously when we had cell service, so it told us where to turn off. If our GPS hadn't done that, we wouldn't have known. <laughs> so so we, we headed on, and the, we made our next stop um, to use the restroom. I don't even know if we want to talk about this town. Rollins? Yeah. I was, uh, we kind of liked it. We liked We're it. We're the only people apparently who ever did, but yeah. it's, uh, it's a very small town. Apparently um, it's a prison town. It's a prison town. Uh, there, uh, only two radio stations are off the air as of a few years ago because the, uh, people that were running it, uh, refused to follow FCC rules, um, not swearing or anything, but like it had to do with like the emergency alert system or whatever. Really? So like they couldn't find replacements for those people that quit. So like they have no radio there. I just, mm-hmm. you know, happened to do a cursory Wikipedia glance at, but like, yeah, we, we stopped for gas and we went to whatever their equivalent of Kroger or Fred Meyer is there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just seemed nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little town, less than 10,000 people. And, and we went to McDonald's there. And they had the hot and spicy McChicken. Because oh, we don't have that in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 Emily da, da, was yeah, quite yeah, the yeah. happy camper. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, you ordered was... a regular. They gave you the hot and spicy. Yeah. And you were smiling. I was smiling. If I'd known that that's what we were getting, I said I would have like ordered four, four of them. Because I had no idea if we were ever going to get them again. <laughs> Which I checked when we got home. They don't have them here. Yep. So we traveled on. We made it to Fort Collins. Like we traveled through Laramie. I don't remember it at all. We did travel through Laramie. I, I think. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, you're right. We did. Yeah. It was just. It was that really annoying place where we needed to switch because I'd been driving for about four hours at that point, and it was your turn to drive, and we couldn't find a place to pull over, so we pulled over on the side. That's of the right. Highway. So just side of the road, semis buzzing by a couple feet away. But yep. uh, yeah, that's right. And then. But I needed my knitting time. You needed your knitting time. <laughs> So I took over and we drove into Colorado and uh, it's very apparent when you're in Colorado because oh my there's, gosh, it's there's so like weird. things. <laughs> okay, so guys, so this is the weirdest thing. So we're in Wyoming and it's flat as a pancake. Well, but there are it's, mountains in the distance. Yeah, it's, it's not as flat as we Kansas, were, but it is yeah. flat. So on the highway we were on, it's really flat. And then all of a sudden you see a sign that says, welcome to Colorado. And literally. Boom, feet, rock formations. Yeah, feet <laughs> from that sign. We have rock formations and mountains, huge majestic mountains, and we're just like, well. Yeah, we have arrived. <laughs> yeah. So um, so we really enjoyed that scenery um, uh, going in to Fort Collins. Really enjoyed it. I, I checked to see if anything was for sale, uh, land for sale. I couldn't find anything, which I was very disappointed in. But it turns out there's lots for sale there. Just my app wasn't pulling it up. But anyway. So we got to Fort Collins uh, to our friend Adela's house, who mm-hmm. has chickens. Chickens and... Uh, a dog and two cats. Yeah. And so that night, 
uh, Adela made us, no, wait, Matt made us dinner, didn't he, that night? Was that the kind of uh, potato veggies roast yeah. thing? Yeah. So, which we tried to recreate last night. And it, well, my family already makes it. We just make it differently than Matt does. Yeah. So, so he d- cuts up potatoes and uh, sausages and onions, like pearl onions and things like that. That's not right. It's a different onion. Um, and then you roast it in the oven at 450 for about half an hour or so. And then when you pull it out, you put a bed of arugula in your bowl. And then you put the, these root vegetables and sausage on top. And then you do a squeeze of lemon on top. And Bob's your uncle. It's delicious. Good stuff. I had two helpings. I think yeah. you did too. Yeah. we uh, Before they got home for dinner, because uh, you know, they were busy, Adela's got two daughters. And she's pregnant with a third on the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, we kind of had the house to ourselves for a little bit. So we went for a walk in the neighborhood. And they, oh, I forgot about that. They, they had these really nice... Um, you know walkways that just Mm -hmm. go through like kind of near the school and there's little uh waterways for runoff because you know they get rain sometimes Mm -hmm. but uh it was it was a beautiful neighborhood nice houses and good weather and uh, just nice people yeah um i like that part of fort collins don't like their traffic so much yeah uh but yeah so we went for a walk got back and uh you know got dinner going and Mm -hmm. it was it was it was a good good night did we play games that night or did we just go to bed no i think we just went to bed because we were Uh, so tired yeah the the night two we did the games ah okay so the next day when we woke up uh adela took us to a local cafe that slash it's called a slash yarn store yeah uh, so technically, the yarn store is not part of the breakfast cafe. Um, the lady that owns the yarn store owns the building and the land around it, and so she rents out to the cafe. But but there's like an open well. hallway between the two of them. Like exactly. you're in the yarn store, you smell hash browns being mm-hmm. made, and you hear exactly. the clamor, clamor of the kitchen and stuff. It was a delicious breakfast. Too. Yeah, I had a breakfast burrito the size of uh, kind of my forearm, and mm-hmm. it was really good. Yeah. And so we, of course, went to the Lambs. Oh, my goodness. What's it called, babe? The Lambs. The second uh, yarn store? No, the first yarn store that morning. Lambs. Okay, the one in the, I don't remember the name. Lambs something or other. Well, I'll talk more about it in the Yarn Hall episode. But that was really fun. They had mostly their own yarn, which wasn't my taste. It was a silk blend, and I don't really like silk blends. I don't really like silk yarn. I just, I don't know. I'm a wool girl. Um, I like the shine, but it also looks a little fake. You know what I mean? The shine of the of the the silk mixed in with the wool looks a little fake to me. So that that kind of put me off. But I did buy a braid of fiber from them that which is absolutely stunning and I can't wait to spin up. Um and then we went on to My Sister Knits, which is a, the other that was a neat place because oh it's 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 at a home, but they have their carriage house in the back converted, and so you go through a gate on the side of the house, and they have go this through their back garden. Wonderful back garden, chicken coop. You're greeted by a small dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was my little buddy, wasn't he? I carried yeah. him around everywhere. Well, there were two small dogs. There was yes. the old small dog and the little puppy. Yes, and the little puppy was like that was you absolutely. You were me. snuggling the whole time you were shopping for mm-hmm. yarn, but wonderful lady that owns it and. Uh, you know, we again explain, you know, oh yeah, we're on our honeymoon from Alaska. So mm-hmm. that became a thing. And what was interesting is that that lady, she curated independent indie yarns uh, from all across the country. So while she did definitely have local dyers, she also curated from literally across the United States. So it was really fun to see all of the, all, all kinds of dyers that 
uh, well, Teeny Button was there. I know that. Uh, and there was a lot of others. Like, Hugh Loco was there, but that's technically not Alaska. I mean, you, the United States. But, um, oh my goodness, who's that lady that everybody loves? And I forgot her name. Anyway, lots of independent dyers. And so, of course, I bought independent yarn. Um, and, and But we were having such a great time talking to her that we left and she forgot to give me back my debit card. <laughs> <laughs> Which we didn't find out until we were in like Old Town Fort Collins shopping and you reached for your card and it wasn't there. Yep. So we called her back up and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. If you come back, I'll give you something free. And I was like, you don't need to do that. But she did it anyway. She gave me a wonderful candle. She gave me some stitch markers and she gave me a big hug. That was, <laughs> the hug was the best part. And of all the yarn shops we visited, this that one was definitely my favorite. Just even though it was the atmosphere. It was, yeah, like it wasn't the biggest. In no. fact, it might have been the smallest. But no, it, lamb something or other was the smallest. I think the first one that morning. Oh, okay, the one that was in with the. Or maybe that was just the most pokey. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it just the the second place uh, that was. It was really special. Like, the the lady was nice, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in there was nice. Everybody yeah. really enjoyed talking to us and everything, mm-hmm. but it was very expensive. It, it, well, it's a, it's a home business. Yes. And, uh, but I, like, I, I really liked it. Yeah, me too. So I was very happy to give them their business. The two best yarn stores that I went to is definitely the Yarn Bar and My Sister Knits. If you guys can look them up online, I would highly recommend it. So we spent the rest of the day doing touristy things, going down to downtown Old Fort Collins, which you want to tell them about why that's important? Uh, Apparently, when Walt Disney was making um, the uh, town portion of Disneyland. uh, Is it called Hometown? Hometown. I I don't remember. It was modeled after Fort Collins. uh, They're very proud of that. Yeah, that's what people talk about Mm -hmm. there. But. It's a it's a very neat uh, portion of the town. Very artsy. Yeah, and you know they have like fountains and stuff, and performers, and uh, a really good place called Big Al's where we had lunch. Oh, I forgot about Big Al's. Yeah, yeah you had the truffle fries. I had the hippie crit burger, which is one beef patty, one veggie patty, because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of vegetarians in the area. But uh, yeah, so. yeah, I would say very kind of hipsterish people yeah but not nauseating not nauseating not like portland (laughs) i wasn't gonna say it well i can say because i live there and nobody can say that i'm being a jerk because live there for over five years guys it's okay for me to say these things i've only driven through once but i think i read somewhere they have an unusually high amount of uh, unicyclists in portland (laughs) i can believe it i saw a lot of them Uh um so after we did the touristy thing we were going to go to our friend's parents apple orchard but we were exhausted we were so exhausted and we really wanted to play with the chickens yeah so instead we went back to their house and adela made three different kinds of lasagna she's famous for her lasagna adela Mm -hmm. and i have been friends since high school and Mm -hmm. um it's been kind of a tradition whenever i would visit her either when she she used to live in southern california and then you know she and her family moved out to colorado but always there'd be a a lasagna she would make for Mm -hmm. me so that's always been kind of a joke like what kind of lasagna you making well she made three kinds because Because, you don't like tomato sauce I don't like cooked tomatoes. I love raw tomatoes, just not cooked. So she did a little lasagna fest, and uh, we also did game night. Uh, a lot of their friends came over, and we played uh, a couple different uh, fantasy-themed games. That was so much fun. And I whipped their butts at their own game, baby. Yeah, it's, I can't remember what it's called, but the theme of the one game we played with all of their other friends was uh, it was a fantasy game where 
You're at a bar? You're at a tavern, tavern. and your characters are drinking, and it's the last person to not pass out. It, you know, <laughs> I, I guess you could do it with real drinks, I mean, but... Uh, well, of course we didn't, but... Yeah, so I, I thought it was funny that, you know, you, who have neither drinks nor plays D&D, would win. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, it was it, it was a nice time, and everybody really loved the lasagnas, mm-hmm. so it was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a terrific... You know terrific what I think happened that night? I think that I look so unassuming mm-hmm. and so cherubic because of my puffy cheeks. That nobody would dare nobody... give you the, the bad card. Or well, whatever. and also they just thought, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go easy on mm-hmm. her. Well, their mistake because and I whipped their butts. You did. Yes. You did, hon. Good job. Thank you. And then after the big group left, we continued to play games with just Adela and Matt yeah. until we were practically falling over in our mm-hmm. chairs. We were so tired. But it was and, fun, and that was the yes. last night there. Yes. The next morning, we went to breakfast at Smoosh? Snooze. Snooze. Oh, my gosh. I had the best thing in the world. Guys, look up breakfast pot pie. Huh. Oh, my gosh. I have to figure out how to make it. So, in essence, what it is, is it is a flaky, um, like, no, it's not... Croissant kind of thing, but it's a flat croissant, and on top they put a, a a pot pie filling, which they did carrots and sausage with white gravy. They put that on top, and normally they put an over easy egg on top of that. Well, I can't eat egg because I'm sensitive, if not allergic. We have no idea. So they switched it out for a sausage patty, and then on the side I had this um, thing of hash browns, and I I don't eat very much normally. But I was licking my plate. <laughs> there was literally nothing left. And you had... I had some kind of like scramble thing. And I didn't realize top. it at the time. But it was on top of sweet potatoes. It was terrific. I was wondering when you ordered it if you realized... There was the... like bacon and chunks yeah. of sausage and chorizo, avocado. Was I think it was chorizo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually they put poached egg on top. I don't dig poached egg. So I did scrambled. And it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and our friends had their famous, the, the, the place's famous, uh, pancakes and things like that. So those look like good pancakes. They did look, but whoa, that would have been a lot for my diabetes. Couldn't do it. Um, so after that, we said our farewells to them with again, lots of promises that we'd visit soon. Well, I mean, they're getting married next September. I imagine we'll 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 end up in that neck of the woods again. Yes. Um, and then we headed out. Well, okay. So our end destination for the day was Colorado Springs. But our friend Adela told us that we really need to try Estes Park, which on the map didn't look like it would be too far away, pretty easy driving. It's up in the mountains. It's, well, when we got there, I mean, neat neat trip in. Except you're, you, for the you, fact. You're going through the this, like, mountain pass, and you're following a river that's obviously cut, you know, the area, you know. But the winding path was so windy that at times we were only going 20 miles an hour because we couldn't go faster than the cars in front of us. So, so it was, it was really nice because we also, because we were going so slow, we actually really got to take in the scenery. That's right. But Estes Park, while an extremely beautiful town, annoyed the dickens out of us because... It's a tourist trap. That wasn't the main reason. Well, I needed to use the bathroom and every little shop we went to had, you know, no public bathroom signs. Mm -hmm. And finally, after my fourth stop looking... I asked, you know, I was at a jerky shop or something. I'm like, do, do you know where I can use a restroom? And, oh, all the way over there across the street and through that field, there's town hall and you can find a bathroom there. And Watson wants us to hold him. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go over there. And, and you know, by that time. And you, you know, went to a yarn shop there. I did. And we'll talk about that next time. But 
Um, the thing was, is that the elevation at this point was really getting to us and we had pretty bad headaches and it was going, it was threatening to rain any second. So which was the first, well, I think that morning in Fort Collins, it had rained a little bit, but mm-hmm. that was the first time we saw rain at all during our trip. Exactly. It was sunny everywhere else. And so we just were like, okay, we just can't do this. So maybe someday we'll come back to Estes Park, but it's just not, it's not for us today. So we headed out and this time, Jim. That was Watson, by the way, if you could hear him. Um, This time, we went back down the mountain on the Denver track side. Through Boulder. Yeah, by the time we hit Boulder, traffic was a nightmare. And Jeremy actually had to pull over, I think, a little less than halfway through that patch because... I'm you again because of Portland. I am used to nose to nose traffic that you want to pull your freaking hair out of, but Jeremy is not, and so he was getting frustrated. And I just said, you know what, we need gas anyway. Just pull over, we'll switch, and I'll do it. And it was a good decision, but it took us well over three hours to get through Boulder and Denver. Like the town has big problems with traffic. Yes. And I I did live in Southern California for a year when I was much younger. Didn't drive around that much, but I I had experienced it before. But Denver just seems to be a different beast. Like completely like just, you know, you're going five miles an hour. And, you know, maybe you'll speed up to 20, but then you're going five again. And Mm -hmm. every time there's a ramp, you know, and people are just, Mm -hmm. it it was not a wonderful experience getting down to Colorado Springs. But we made it to Colorado Springs to Eric's best friend's, uh, I mean, Jeremy's best friend, Eric's house, and his mom, Kathy, who, uh, and Bill, who are the most amazing folks. Like, I love them to bits. Yep, they were wonderful. And it was nice that they welcomed us into their home in Colorado Springs. And it was nice. And uh, honestly, Colorado Springs was a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect I would like it as much as I did. Same here. Same here. So that first night, uh, Kathy wanted to take us to her favorite restaurant, which I can't remember the name of it, but it was an Italian seafood-esque place. Mm-hmm. It was very delicious. And a good friend of mine, uh, who's also a therapist, she had moved back to Colorado from Alaska, and she lived about 40 minutes at, um, on the other side, down further from Denver. So she was able to meet us for dinner, and we just had a great time with her. It was and a I good got, dinner. It was nice catching up with her and everything. And again, when we got back, this time we played games with Eric because Eric likes to buy a lot of games on Kickstarter. He's a big gamer. It, yeah. Not just video games, like you board know, games. Board games, too. Yep. But of course, you know, Eric needs somebody to play those board games with, and he doesn't really have them there. So, you know, I'm a huge board gamer. I don't like video games. So both nights we were there, we played video, um, board games. Yeah. The place that we went to for dinner was Biagi's. Biagi's, okay. That was the. Uh, Italian restaurant. Great and, desserts. Yep. And the so, ziti. Oh, anyway, yes, go ahead. We liked it. Uh, so we played games late into the night, and then we the next morning, we were kind of slow to get around. I think we left the house. Oh, no, low battery. We got to hurry up. Uh, I think we're at we, the end of the trip anyway. Yeah. We left the house about 11 o'clock, and we wanted to go to Pike's Peak. We wanted to go to the top of Pike's Peak. 14,000 feet Four, elevation. 14,411, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And so Kathy was wonderful. She drove us. In her car. In her car. If we did it in our rental car, they probably would have yelled at us. Uh, That was a quite dramatic drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally drove through the clouds. And driving up. Driving up, like, I was like, oh, I got a little bit of a headache. I'm starting to breathe short. It was not altitude sickness, but altitude sensitivity. So we were drinking lots of water. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was 
winding roads. There's no guardrails on these roads. So if you look out your window and you're on the edge, you're basically looking down at just a drop off. Mm -hmm. It was it was something else, but yeah. it was gorgeous. Yes. And so when you get to the top of Pikes Peak, you are looking down on the clouds. Yeah. So very high up. And yes. they, they have a visitor center and a place where you can, mm -hmm. you know, go in and there's a gift shop and there's a cafeteria. And, and apparently the donuts there have, are extremely famous or well, not just well, just famous, probably. And so we, of course, got the obligatory uh, ration of donuts. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite, but no, we can the, at least say we did it. The the little Italian donuts from Biagi's were oh miles my gosh, better. Those were so good. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so we were we were there for at least an hour at the top of the mountain, but you know it was time to go. And so we made multiple stops on the way down. And then there is a point. There's a checkpoint halfway. Up halfway, up. yeah, okay. And a ranger there literally takes the temperature of your brakes. And if you're over, was it three hundred? Yeah, and we were at four hundred something. Yeah, then Degrees. you have to pull over. <laughs> and it happens that there's a gift shop there. Surprise, too. surprise. Yeah. So how was your eight dollar popcorn? Honey? I know. The ranger said we had to pull over for twenty five minutes there to let our brakes cool off, and we kept on making jokes jokes not just to ourselves but to other visitors there too that they may they do that because there's a visitor center there and they want you to spend more dollar money so we went in there and we didn't buy anything except for popcorn which cost eight dollars so but we it was enjoyable for some reason it was just really yummy maybe it was the elevation i don't know air popped air popped there you go but we made it down to the bottom of the mountain and we were still really excited so we went to garden of the gods yes my favorite part definitely of all the things we saw garden of the gods but hands down was my ultimate favorite it's just you drive through it and it's these enormous rock formations mm -hmm. that were i imagine carved because of like you know riverbeds or mm -hmm. you know glaciers Com or it something was, it was it was completely free for you to go into yeah uh, no, no toll stations or anything like at Pikes Peak, which was actually pretty expensive toll. Yeah, that was like uh, for the car, four of us, it was like $48 yeah. to go up Pikes Peak. But worth it. But, yeah. you know, it was pricey. Yeah. But, you know, we saw the kissing camels. We saw the Scottish hat. We saw the treasure ship. We saw the balancing These stones. are all rocks shaped like these items they're mm -hmm. named after. And those are just a few of them. But the gift shop, no. Oh, my gosh. The gift shop was amazing, guys. It was huge. It was huge. Like it had a, a little food court in it and mm -hmm. um, just lots of T-shirts and mm -hmm. gifts, any gift you can think of. And we just had the greatest time. Um, and then that was about the sum total of our day, except for that night we really wanted German food. And there was, uh, what was the name of that U.S. Use? U-W-E? Yeah. It and was. It, I've never had German food before. I mean, I grew up eating schnitzel and bratwurst that my parents would make, but I've mm -hmm. never been to a German restaurant. Well, because your heritage is in German, and right. my heritage is German, so I I grew up eating a lot of German food, and so what I was really looking forward to, like if any good German restaurant will have um, Spätzle, which just look it up. I won't try to describe it, but just look it up. Spetzla is one of my family's favorite side dishes. Sometimes we make it our main dish <laughs> uh, because we love it so much. Um, 
And so when we got there, I got the sampler platter that time because I wanted to try all their different things. And their bratwurst, good. their schnitzel. And they had, it was supposed to come with a side of potato. And I was like, do you have Spetzla? Because I wasn't seeing it on the menu. And they said, duh. Yes. So I got my Spetzla and everybody at the table tried it. It was so good. I had Hungarian food, oddly enough. I had the yeah. goulash for soup and then the... I uh, thought that was weird. And the Hungarian... Uh, it was like a paprika schnitzel, mm-hmm. which it, it's almost like a sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, it was amazing. Like it. You I, liked I, it. I got the I full not. portion and I polished it off. I'll be ho- I'll be honest. Hungarian food on on the whole gives me heartburn, so I try to stay away from it. My brother makes it all the time, but I, mm-hmm. I tend to stay away from it. German food, nope, doesn't give me a heartburn. It's <laughs> it's nice and filling. But that that uh, that restaurant was amazing. There was a. Uh, a certain efficiency and charm to the place. It had, yeah. it had been around a very long time. Uh, Bill, uh, Eric's mom's uh, husband, he, he grew up in Colorado Springs, so he'd been going there for decades, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And um, that a very established place that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very simple menu. And yeah, amazing. Bill knew where everything was in Colorado Springs. And he would say, okay, these are the stra- cross streets, Montana, Nevada, or something yeah, like exactly. that. <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> So that night we went back and we played more games until long into the night. And the next morning, it was this time it was just Jeremy, Eric, and myself. And we went out to First Coffee, which was called Poor Joe's? No, Poor Richards. Poor Richards. In downtown Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. I didn't really like my chai tea. I didn't make it the How way that, that I croissant, like it. Though? The croissant was amazing. Yeah. And then you guys tried a whole bunch of different coffees. Well, Eric's like that. He goes to a coffee place and he'll try, he'll get mostly decaf because he's not insane. But, you know, he'll get like a cappuccino and a breve and just, just a few other things. I just got one coffee and, uh, you know, Eric would let me try some of his. But um, mm-hmm. they were good. We do have better coffee places here in town. Mm-hmm. But Bill, in particular, recommended Poor Richard's. So, you know, but we want to start I, there. Bill and Kathy, they're not really coffee people. Yeah, so, you know, so there you go. take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. After that, we went to kind of a brunch in old Colorado City, downtown, and that was really good. I got something that I didn't know that I was getting this, but it was called a hot open-faced sandwich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hot meat. That was it. It was basically brown gravy, roast beef, white bread. That's your meal. It was great. And ironically, my mom used to make that for us when we were kids. And I didn't realize that that's what I was getting. But when I got it, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like I'm 10 years old again. This is amazing. (laughs) But you especially loved it. You, I think, ate about half of mine. Well, you usually eat half of whatever you order. So I inevitably end up finishing it or, you know, we'll take it to go. But, yeah, what did I get? I got like a... It was a 29th Street scramble or, you know, something yeah. named after the road that they, the, the place was on. And it was fine. It was it had a hot, uh, spicy salsa, but mm-hmm. I liked hers better. Yep. And so after that, we had two things we wanted to do that day. We wanted to go putt-putt golfing or miniature golf, as other people call it. And to get you and Eric to see the show. It was the new Venom movie. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yes. Because you wanted us to see a movie really bad. And I had mentioned in passing I wanted to see the new Venom movie. And I won't go to Venom with you. Because you don't like scary things. Even though it's a superhero cartoonish movie, you didn't want to do it. But we played putt-putt together for the first time. And you guys loved it. The way you and Eric got into the putt-putt was so amazing. You did get frustrated towards the end, though. Because I started losing big. I mean, my very first shot there, I got a hole-in-one. You did. Because of a pebble that was on the course. 
And then like my game just slipped and slipped and slipped. And there were, there was one hole in particular where it was a tipping point. It was the one where it goes up the hill and then there's three holes and you have to drop it in the hole. So it goes, you know, through the tube into the other part. And I, I maxed out at a par six or something, you know, I got a a six stroke because uh, I just could not get that hole. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up, you know, you ended up being the loser. I ended up being the loser, but it was still a wonderful time. I still have the scorecard. Why? Yeah. And so I would recommend going to that. It's the gold mine uh, miniature golf course. It's three dollars to play around. It was a really holes. good deal. Yeah. Uh, for the amount of entertainment, and it had. was really well kept up. The only annoying thing was is that it was on a very busy street. So you got traffic noise. So it was very loud because I, I didn't you got mind traffic that. noise felt, and then the water features. It, it, it felt like it was a busy environment. Yeah. That's kind of good for miniature golf. But it was very well put together. Uh, my our good friend Jamie uh, of the podcast. Well, okay, so M one yarns. Uh, over in Detroit, she actually grew up in Colorado Springs, and she was so excited when she saw that I went to that golf, that putt putt course, because she's like, I went there when I was a kid. <laughs> so you know that was really great. So I dropped Jeremy and Eric off at the movie, which was a really cool. I think it's called the Roadhouse Cinema or something. Yeah, it was a new uh, theater where they serve food. So. You go in, there's like a little tray that swings out in front of you. You push the call button and you can order from a menu, you know, the mm-hmm. pizza, burgers. Uh, you know, you can get popcorn, of course, but like uh, nachos. And uh, so I, you know, that was kind of neat. And, and you brought me popcorn. You asked for it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was uh, it, it was nice, you know, uh, stadium seating kind of, you know, reserved seats and uh, just a terrific theater. Like, we kind of have something similar here in town that's been around for years, but it's in an old rundown theater, so it's not as nice, the yeah. Beartooth. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it, it was a good theater. The movie was fine. I mean, it was, you know, it, it wasn't anything, it wasn't Citizen Kane, let's say, but mm-hmm. um, I still enjoyed it. And I think Eric did too, even yeah. though he hadn't seen the first Venom movie. Mm. So while they were in the movie theater, I went to a yarn store, which I forgot the name of there. Also an extremely pricey place. Uh, So I wasn't exactly pleased with the amount of money that I spent there. I was very surprised by that. And I went to the dollar store. Which you love dollar stores. I do love dollar stores. And I spent $10 at the dollar store. So I got 10 things. Um, <laughs> and then I went and picked them up. We came back to the house. We had leftovers for dinner and deviled eggs that Kathy had made for us. And we played games until 10 o'clock when we went to sleep. And, well, I went to sleep. You and Eric seemed to stay up the whole night. Um, uh, we stayed up later. Like, you were just, you were I was great. conked out. Now, didn't we go to another yarn store together? You remember in the, Colorado Springs? In, you remember? The, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about it. The yarn yeah. outlet. We did that the day before. And she was a very nice lady. Yeah. The store itself, they had some good stuff. I it wasn't as you know appealing in terms of like uh, visual. You know, the, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a beautiful store. But, it was like Joanne's. Yeah, honestly, but but guys. but the the lady that worked there was very cool. And she had her kids. One of her kids had married the week before, the same week that we had gotten married, and she had another kid being married. It wasn't a, a couple weeks out. So, she had a whole store thirty percent off sale just yeah. to you know to celebrate. celebrate and probably to you know try to help pay for the wedding. Yeah, but yeah, that was. Um, so that... I bought a bought a blanket quantity there, and I bought um, enough to make you probably three hats. There, there was yeah, I found a hat design that they had mocked up, and I really liked it. So I was like, "Can you make me this?" And um, because everything was on sale, and I think you were also buying like clearance items, like mm-hmm. uh, you, that was the opposite of the first store you went to in Colorado yeah. Springs. It was, you know, very thrifty. Yeah. 
Um, so that was our final night. And then the so we got up at 2 a.m. on our final day. And Jeremy and I were on the road to Denver by 3.15. There was a lot of road construction that were really scary on the way up to to Denver, I was really grateful well, that Jeremy was, on was these driving. Pitch black roads, and they have these no lights, co- no lights, and concrete, you know, dividers that are twisting and turning, and like it was, yeah, that was that was pretty uh, pretty hair raising, but it does keep you awake at three in the morning yes, when you're going does. through that. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Return the rental car. Flight was fine. Yeah, and then we got home to the hellhole that is currently <laughs> our our condo. Which you guys already heard about, so when, we won't get into. When everything is said and done at home, uh, it will be nice when it's done. But it's it's a lot of work. It's just there yeah. was a lot of damage in the earthquake, so they got to fix it. Mm-hmm. But they did get our plumbing back uh, up and running. The yes. guy told me today that uh, it's all new plumbing down there, so we won't have drainage issues again. We should be able to take a bath. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that was our honeymoon, wasn't it, my love? And it was terrific. Like, yeah. uh, except for like, you know, a few little nah, traffic situations or uh, an odd hotel. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was the best trip I've ever, ever been on to. Same here. I'll do another honeymoon with you anytime, my darling. Well, and then we'll have to take advantage of people's generosity, right? Yeah, <laughs> it'll be great. I'm, I shudder to think when we add up all of our receipts, how much we spent, even with the fact that we stayed with friends and family, but you know. Let's just not think about it. Thank you for coming and being on with me, Mr. Radio. You're welcome. Love you. Contemplation Corner. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. This, however, my friends, was not the case in Mr. Radio's life. He was just a good man in search of his other half, and I happened to be the lucky other half. I love you, Mr. Radio. Well, my dear ones, episode 48 of Little Cabinets is coming to a close. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I had so much fun talking to you. It honestly, you guys were like a therapy session today. It was just awesome, especially the part about me ranting about my the house foundation nightmare that we're going through. But besides from that, it's just so fun to talk about what is on my needles. And I want to know what's on your needles, too. So don't forget to message me. I want to have an open dialogue. And while we didn't talk about any mental health concerns today, please remember that I am here for you. I I am, I am, can't be your therapist, but I, if you need help finding a therapist, I am here to help you find resources. I've done so many times already since starting this podcast, well, and before, but this podcast has allowed me to reach out to many a knitter in that regard as well. Just don't be afraid. I don't talk about whatever you guys message me about. I don't talk about it here on the show. Um, it's I view it as very confidential. Even if I wasn't a therapist, what you would message me, I would feel like as a, I would be your confidant as a friend. And so if you are struggling with anything or know of someone who is struggling with mental health difficulties, 
and you don't know what to do or where to turn, please feel free to message me and we'll work through this together. We'll figure it out together. And until next time, my friends, remember to knit what you love and love what you knit. Ta-ta for now. Thank you.